afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome into Hoopsville as we are rolling along here on a Thursday afternoon. It's a midday matinee for you as we have two and a half weeks left to go in the regular season. I'm your host, Dave McHugh, coming to you from the WBCA NABC studios. If you've got questions for us, tweet us at D3Hoops or hashtag Hoopsville. You can join us on Facebook where we're live simulcasting the show. Facebook.com slash Hoopsville. We're also live simulcasting it on YouTube, youtube.com slash Hoopsville. You can also email us if you need, hoopsville at d3sports.com. It's all scrolling at the bottom of your screen, and we hope you'll take the time to contact us in any way, shape, or form. We are running our Hoopsville uh, fundraising campaign. I need to update that total up there. It's a little bit higher since our show on Monday, but we're not that close to the the $5,000 initial goal. need to go a little bit faster than that, or a little bit higher than that, and we hope to also... um, go higher than that. We'll even add a second thing if we can get there. We're also selling merchandise. We've been tweeting out these links on Twitter, so make sure you follow us at D3Hoopsville. A lot going on in Division Three. We've had our first regional rankings of the of the year. Of course, alphabetical. Please, everybody, remember they're alphabetical. We've also had uh, some shocking upsets, and we've had some interesting results, and we've had, well, you can cover it. It's been an interesting time, to say the least, in Division Three, and it always is this time of year. This is this is the crux of it. The best teams in the country now have larger targets on their backs. More teams are aware of them. More teams are, are, are familiar with what's going on, and so they're going after them a little bit more uh, as a result of that. Uh, so, and, and a little bit more pressure to be fully honest is on them as well. So not surprising that we get a few extra, uh, results as it were, um, and a few extra upsets here and there and the like. So keep an eye on what's going on in division three. You can always go to d3hoops.com. We certainly would welcome you there. Uh, we also d3boards.com. Don't forget where you can chat about the division throughout the land um, give that a check as well but as far as our fundraising campaign again we'll update it in a little bit but on our give butter campaign we have raised 820 dollars through our venmo side of things we've raised 643 so that's 16 six no that's not right um oh, i guess i don't have well maybe i don't have to update that i thought i did i'm gonna have to do the math somehow i'm off with that somewhere some somehow i, I don't know we'll figure it out <laughs> Easier said. Oh, I know why. Because I'm looking at the wrong information for our uh, our our uh, give butter campaign. Eleven hundred dollars plus there. So we're at seventeen eighty three. So we'll we'll update that in just a bit. Uh, let's talk quickly about our guests, and we'll get to some of the news that made headlines in the last day or two. Uh, first and foremost, our guests will start with Harden Simmons, women's basketball, ranked eighth in all the land. Kendra uh, Whitehead, formerly Kendra Haskins, will join us here on the show to talk about her team and the Cowboys and Cowgirls and how they're doing um, this season atop the ASC. I think they're flying a little bit under the radar, to be honest. Maybe it's just me. We'll talk to Kendra about her squad. We'll jump out and talk to Wartburg, who's into the top 25. Bob Amesbury will join us to discuss his squad. We've gotten very used to Wartburg being in the conversation. I think I got a little bit thrown off in the last year or two that they haven't been that power we had the previous years that certainly made headlines. They're kind of returning to that atop the ARC, though they've taken some conference losses. I, I mean, they've taken some losses this season. We'll talk to Coach about that. Then we'll switch men's side. We'll talk to North Park men's basketball coach Sean Smith about his Vikings unit that certainly has been the talk of the CCIW. 
while they took a loss to Milliken uh, that has certainly disrupted voters like myself, they're still in very good position, the CCIW, and we'll talk to him about that and potential March plans. Then we'll head up to upstate New York and talk to another Sean, Sean Kofi, uh, the Utica men's head coach. I'm a little surprised I'm the only one voting for him in the top 25. They have made waves. I don't understand what voters aren't seeing unless it's something I'm not seeing. We'll get Sean's perspective on things, and we'll get a take maybe, on what their future is. Remember, we have reported for about a year. i got to go back and double-check when we exactly broke the news. But about a year now, we've reported that Utica has plans to go to D2. The question has been, would they apply this year or apply next year? They're bo- they and Nichols are both trying to go into the Northeast 10 Conference for the same reasons. One of them is to take ice hockey to the Division One. We'll talk to Sean if he knows what's going on. And don't be surprised if he doesn't have an answer whether he knows or not. We'll start things off today, though, with the women's top 25 conversation. Scott Peterson will join us along with Ryan Scott. He'll jump into the convo. He's the only voter voting in both polls that I'm aware of. I could be wrong. There might be one other, but more importantly, Ryan will jump in to help us out today. Looking forward to having him along the way. Um, All right, so let's talk about some of the uh, headlines that have certainly caught uh, many people's attention, um, This, uh, whether it's this season or in the last few days. One of them, unfortunately, took down uh, took place down in um, in Maryville. We'll set this up by saying that there were a, probably apparently a few issues, especially near the end of the game, with um, management of the game from the officiating staff. That's at least from what I've been told. There were some issues also at the table. More importantly, Covenant is leading by two over in Maryville. This is with 0.6 seconds on the clock. It is the second half. Maryville's inbounding the ball under their on their own baseline on the near side of the basket. I'm setting this up before we show it. There is 0.6 on the clock. Remember that. We'll take a look at what ended up happening. Here's the play. They inbound it. Quick miss there. Quick put back. Clock never started. And that's a quick little hit in the video. Clock never started. It finally did and then sounded off. We'll see it in slow-mo here. Clock never started. There's the initial shot missed. A follow-up putback is put in. It counts. Here's the trick of it all. Here's the trick. So here's the real trick of it all. The officials ruled that both shots could have happened in point six. I checked the timing on it. I believe I checked it at 1.9. If not, it was 1.3. My point is, it's more than 0.6. Here's what everyone has to understand here. The referees conferred. They made that decision. They left the floor. Game's over. There's no changes here. If you go back to Utica, interestingly enough, football, and their finish at the end of the regular season, uh, it was I think there was a penultimate game, or maybe I, I'm a little further down, but near the end of their season, they had a game where they won on a last-second touchdown with a clock expiring that had a host of problems including what looked like a false start on offense but more importantly an issue with some other things the referees said that it counted they walked off the field it counts there's no apparatus in place to change an outcome after the fact and i think i'm on the side of saying there shouldn't be because here's the deal you open up the door on what that problem was then you have to go and look at the previous play which had some problems you go look through the rest of the game and where are you going to stop looking at things that could have changed the outcome of the game arguably or not arguably maybe there's an outcome or, or some decision early in the second half that would have led to that situation at the end of the game not even being relevant 
or would have changed how coaches coached. So here's the deal. There's no apparatus for the NCAA. There's no apparatus unless the conference wants to step in themselves and change it. It's never happened that I'm aware. There's no way to change that outcome. It's unfortunate for Covenant. They had an upset on their hands. For Maryville, they stay alive in the NCAA hopes at this point. And of course, when the AQ, this is irrelevant. But if they get in that large bid, that's what they're in play for. And again, it goes back to the Utica conversation, though different circumstances with the with the football, but they still arguably got their bid into the NCAA tournament. Now, they earned it, and they certainly proved it. Um, but again, once that decision is made by the officials, once they step off the floor and out of the gym, it's over. There's no going back. There's no changing these outcomes. So that was then. Now, this isn't as controversial, though there was a slight clock issue. There might have also been a slight traveling issue. We go to NJCU last night. Men's basketball. Here's the setup. Rowan, 23rd team in the country, had him on the show last show. They are leading 71-67, second half at NJCU, with 5.2 seconds on the clock. NJCU is inbounding the ball at the roughly the 28-foot line. Yeah, at the 28-foot line on their end, the ball is being inbounded on the far side. Watch what happens and how this game ends. We'll talk you through it. Um, actually, I don't have the names. I'm sorry, I forgot to, of those who were shooting the baskets. But check this out. So they're going to inbound the ball. You see number three with it there. He's going to inbound. Now he moves. That's a conversational point. Quick throw on the corner. Quick three baskets. 2.8 on the clock. Rowan's going to inbound it. They go way too quick here. It gets tipped. It's caught by number three. He throws it up. Backboard in and counts at the buzzer. Now, quick note. They added 0.4 seconds on the clock after discussing it. It didn't matter. Rowan didn't have much of a chance at it. Looked like they even tried to draw a foul in the backcourt to maybe shoot free throws to try and tie it. But here it is. Look at the tip there. Clock does not start. It's caught there. That's when the clock starts. A three is thrown up. It's off backboard and in. I will tell you right now, I have measured this. I don't think that that missed tip starting the clock would have changed the fact that that shot was made because the ball was well on its way by the time the buzzer hit. And more importantly, um, it was, I measured it out. I think they had 2.8 seconds and I measured it at about a little shade over, maybe 2.1, 2.2-ish. I had it at about 2.1, put into the fact a, a, a you know, delay with the thumb. We could add two point, make it 2.5 seconds. Still plenty of time to get that shot, though the buzzer may have sounded officially and you wouldn't have counted it um, because the the buzzer would have sounded while in midair uh, anyway. So you wouldn't have added 0.4 on the clock. But great win by NJCU. Number one play on Sports Center. Uh, Van Pelt certainly liked it. Rex Chapman was loving it on Twitter. It was a big boom on the social medias. Um, congratulations to NJCU. That's a huge win over Rowan. Rowan's first loss in conference. Uh, we'll see how voters handle that. But, you know, clock management is an issue. you got humans, people as referees. You have humans as basketball players. You have humans as coaches. And you have humans as those running the clock and table operations. If you all think everybody's infallible, i got a bridge to sell you in Brooklyn. It's uh, Congratulations on getting that to occur and, and, and happen and the circumstances for NJCU, it shouldn't be frowned upon that there were some issues. I think the traveling call is one to discuss. There is some debate. I'll call it up again. I'll try and call it up to just that spot. Um, bear with me. Actually, I'm just going to, I'm just going to roll it here. Uh, oh, wait, we have in the wrong spot. Apologize. We'll try and uh, cue it up again. Um, 
let's see here. Sorry, just playing with the system. Here we go. Um, no, it's not wanting to take for us. I apologize. We'll try and reset. I don't know. I may be asking for too much from the system here. Yeah, it doesn't want to go for us. I think I asked too much of it. Uh, one more try. Yeah. Oh, well. I'm not going to dive into it. But basically, watching it, uh, number three gets the ball, and he takes a couple of steps to his right. Um, there's an argument on what the rule is, and I have not had time to check this. But from my perspective, he moves too far. Now, officials may tell you that they're allowed to move within a specific arc, that there's no technical pivot foot. I need to double-check on that because I've always been on the impression you can't shift very far, and I thought he shifted a good step and a half further than he would be allowed. Doesn't matter. Again, referees allowed it, walked off the floor, game counts. It does not matter. Um, but so great win for NJCU on that circumstance. Um, and again, back to the clock conversation, uh, it wouldn't have mattered. There was plenty. There was there was time on the clock for it to happen. Um, congratulations, everybody. And these are the outcomes you're going to see. Should talk about regional rankings really quickly because obviously we have seen regional rankings now for the first time uh, this season in alphabetical order on the men's and women's sides. Um, overall, here's the thing: when they're not ranked, it's harder to pick out any glaring omissions or whatever next week this is going to be a mute point to some degree um nothing really shocked me i don't think in any of the regions i think it's more interesting there's certainly a lot of losses that we're going to have to get used to 15 and 7 hamilton is ranked on in region one 14 and 8 wesleyan is but they've also got some really good wins over common opponents babson at 13 and 8 is ranked um what who else did that jumped out at me on the men's side uh, in terms of losses? Fourteen and seven teams in Region Five: Scranton and Widener are ranked, uh, though I don't think either of those teams have any real outside or uh, at-large chances. To be honest, um, fourteen and seven Whitworth is ranked, but there's some good results there. But we don't have results versus region ranked opponents. So next week there's going to be some significant changes because some teams who are not ranked right now will have results versus region ranked, which will throw them into the mix. You'll have teams that are currently ranked that don't have a lot of that data who will fall out, so on and so forth. On the women's side, 16 and 6 Trinity ranked in uh, Connecticut, but really no surprise there, in my opinion. Um, and and some other things to point out, 18 and 9 universe, uh, University of New England in Region 2, yeah, no surprise. you gotta you got to rank at some point, and we're ranking less anyway. Imagine if we were ranking back to the 10 that we had in, in a lot of these regions. It would be absolutely bonkers too many. Region 5 with 9, I'd argue, is too many, but what do I know? Um, 19 and 7, Widener ranked there as well. We'll see a lot of changes here. 15 and 10, North Park ranked on the women's side. Uh, 14 and 10, Chicago. 14 and 11, Watch U. But they've also got those rank. You know what? Those schedules, those records don't sound right. Um, bear with me. I just want to double check. I haven't lost my mind. We had to fix region nine. Um, yep. 17 and three. So we're gonna have to go fix some of those. So some of the NCAA data came. So that's the other problem. Uh, men's rankings took three and a half hours after we were told they were sent to Atlanta to be published. And maybe after some more prodding, it was after four o'clock. Women were after four o'clock too. Maybe that's a, a thing here. It was two and a half plus hours after they sent them to Atlanta. Um, women had bonkers, crazy record problems. We're going to have to go look at that because I just found some more. Um, it is, uh, 
Atlanta doesn't always treat us right, Division Three. We've said that, and I will say it again, and I will keep continue to say it. We can get the data sheets up because that's the .org thing. That's something Division Three can control on its own, but the .com side, we don't have as much control. It is very frustrating. It's very problematic. So um, we need to fix that, and I wouldn't mind maybe those powers that be at Division Three say, hey, football, basketball, baseball, wherever, we're going to send these to the respective media sites. They can post them. NCAA can get to them when they want to. They can still post them, but forget this. We're not waiting three hours. We'll let the uh, D3 Sports Media Group post them for everybody. And, yeah, I'm being a little shameless in that, but you know we're going to do it, right? You know we're going to make sure they're posted properly, and we're going to double-check the data, too. So, um, anyway, I digress. Regional rankings will be a much bigger conversation next week because we'll finally get a lot more information regarding them and that's the most important thing gotta take a break when we come back we're going to start talking our top 25 and then we'll move into other conversations ryan scott and scott peterson will join me um we have a lot to discuss with them and not a lot of time so i gotta get going uh since we've already taken quite a bit of the time so far you're listening to Hoops Hope, presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA and ABC Studios. Thanks for joining us for this midday matinee. If you're watching us uh, on demand, or if you're especially listening to us on the podcast, give us a good like and a, and a, uh, a um, what's the term? Um, give us a, 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 an opinion on what you think of the show. That way we can move up the chain, as it were, in your favorite podcast uh, home. We'll be back after this. These are your teams, your players, your community of fans. This is where they play, where they practice, where you cheer at every meet, every event, every game. Your community is passionate, dedicated, supportive. You know the tension of a close game and the thrill of the win. So while you're cheering, keep an eye out for anything out of the ordinary. If you see something suspicious, say something to local authorities. It starts right when you hit the court. You imagine your finest moment. The game-winning shot that gets you to the dance. A monster dunk or no-look pass. And cutting down the net. Sports lets us dream of our own success. And prepare us for our finest moments on and off the court. got more schools than Division One, more fans than Division Two, and more upsets than March Madness. There's 800 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over a decade. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division Three basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com. It's on us to stop sexual assault. In any way that we can. To get a friend home safe. To never blame the victim. It's on us. To stand up. To make our community safe for all. It's on us. It's on us to look out for each other at parties. It's on us. To be more than just a bystander. To step up and say something. It's on us. All of us. 
to stop, stop sexual, sexual assault. assault. Learn how and take the pledge at itsonus.org. Welcome back to Hoopsville as we roll along here on this Thursday. Hope you're enjoying the show. We have a basketball game tonight. That's why we're running a little bit earlier tonight. Uh, if you've got questions, or today I should say, if you've got questions for us, tweet us at D3 Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville. Email us Hoopsville at D3Sports.com. You can join us on Facebook and YouTube where we're live simulcasting the show as well. Lots of ways to interact with us. Hope you're enjoying it, whether on demand or uh, live. Let us know how you're enjoying it as well all right talking women's basketball time to talk top 25 and we're getting a treat here because ryan scott who does double duty is joining us to discuss all of it and joining us as i mentioned on the uh, huddle hoopsville hotline is the aforementioned ryan scott and hold on there we go and uh scott peterson gentlemen thanks for coming on the show really appreciate it thanks for having me absolutely ryan great treat to have you on the show today with the top 25 on the women's side we should point out ryan has mentioned this on a number of occasions he is a top 25 voter in both much to uh, his treat and enjoyment i am quite positive (laughs) (laughs) um first and foremost we'll get reactions on the previous week or overall in terms of of everything because ryan we haven't heard that opinion but scott we'll start with you your thoughts on the previous week in, in women's basketball it continues to be wild and yeah. because there's top 25 kicking around and conference tourneys looming and the first regional rankings out, there are many different lenses to see every single game. And it seems like every game has a at least one really interesting talking point or implication. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Uh, it's much more interesting than usual. And I, and I mean that seriously. We're just a little more in-depth, as it were. Uh, with teams. It's fun to watch. Ryan, your thoughts on the previous week, your thoughts in general on women's basketball. I mean, I feel like I'm I'm the rookie newbie here. Before you start voting, you sort of pay attention to the teams that are already in the top 25. And obviously, once you start voting, you have to extend that down quite a bit farther. And so I feel like I'm getting a handle on it. I'm most of the way through my second year doing this. And um, one of the things I noticed this week, the difference in us doing this double take on Thursday is that we've had time for the teams to lose since the bowl came out. Um, I noticed a couple of the teams, Rhode Island College, Mount St. Mary, that we think are probably near the bottom of their respective regional rankings all lost already this week. So that should shake some things up and probably invite some new teams in already for next week. So um, a, a lot of excitement and a lot of unknowns already just a couple of days into the week. No, good point. Uh, it's it's unfortunate to some degree, um, but it's also an advantage. It, it can work both ways, depending on how you look at it uh, yeah. across the board. Um, all right, so let's talk uh, where you guys think things are in your top 25s. We have our dubious, our uh, deep dive, and our debatable. Dubious is a team. These guys think maybe he's getting a little too much love. Maybe they are a top 25 team, but just too much love. A deep dive team is one that they think maybe should be getting more attention. Maybe they're not even voting for him, or maybe they are, but they're not getting a lot of attention. And Debatable is kind of a wild card. A team that maybe is in the top 25 that's too high or too low, or should they be voted? Where should they be? Are they in the right spot? That kind of thing. Ryan, since you're the newbie, we'll let you start first this time. Um, I'll give you a choice. Do you want to go dubious, deep dive, or debatable to get things going? Well, I'm super excited about my deep dive, so I'd love to start there. Absolutely. Go for it. Um, I don't know how many people know. I went to uh, high school in Colorado Springs, and I finally got my my brother, who was a big high school basketball player out there, to go to a D3 game. He went to the Colorado College doubleheader against Trinity, 
Good choice. Uh, last weekend and was able to be there in person to see two upsets. Um, and so the, the Colorado College women is my deep dive. I don't know how deep it is. Um, I don't believe they got any votes at all this week. And so I guess that's usually my criteria. Um, but I love this team. I, I think it was not a fluke that they were able to beat Trinity. Uh, if you look at their record, they do have six losses, but every one of those teams is a regionally ranked opponent. Um, and, uh, you know, they got regionally ranked themselves despite having six losses, which is is impressive because the strength of schedule is super strong. They've played Trinity, as I said. They played Christopher Newport already this year. They lost by four to Calvin way back at a neutral court in November. And I think if they win that game, they're solidly in the mix, you know, for Pool C right now. And and it's crazy how, you know, four points one way or another can can really make a big difference. But I think they still have an outside shot, especially if they get all the way to the final and 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 play Trinity tough again. If not, you know, just win the AQ. Yeah, good point. Uh, Scott, any reaction? I think they're a harder sell for me as a d3hoops.com top 25 team, but I think you're absolutely right that they have a chance to get on that pool C bubble. And it is interesting that you wouldn't really term any of their losses as bad. There's just six of them. Uh, And I think once we add in the results versus region ranked opponents, they might start to trend up a little bit because they have that win over Trinity, which didn't help them in this first round, right? Because it's not a head-to-head or a common opponent with any of the teams around them. But once we're looking at results versus region-ranked opponents, they're going to have one over probably the top team in the region. That's true. And we all know how helpful that is uh, for anybody who's who's uh, <clears throat> who's in a, in a situation like that. Uh, Scott, what, who's your deep dive? My deep dive is Wisconsin Stout. So I love lots of great wins against strong opponents, and I think Stout has those. Um, They've beat Whitewater, Lacrosse, Oshkosh, River Falls twice, so largely WIAC. Um, They probably don't have a really strong out-of-conference win. Luther might be their best one. And if you look at the poll, you could say, hey, they've got a bunch of losses. I think it's six, but seven loss Springfield is getting votes and six loss Eau Claire, Tufts, Emory and Rochester are all um, kicking around in the poll. And I think Stout is there with all of those teams. And I would probably put them somewhere in the 20s. And I probably would slot them ahead of teams like Rochester, Wartburg, Laverne, Baldwin Wallace, Calvin, Messiah. So, you know, I, I wouldn't push them up higher than probably 20, but I absolutely think they're in that that 20 to 25 mix. Oh, the WIAC has been a bonkers race on both the men's and women's side, and I think it overshadows maybe how really good teams there are in those two conferences. Ryan, any thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, this will be a really good test case. So we've got a strong team from a strong league like this, and likely, I mean, unless they really go on a run and win, win the league, they may end up just under 70% for their winning percentage. And the, the women's committee has been a little harsher on winning percentage in the past. Yeah. And so I think this this may be a good test case to see where we are with a, a conference that's so strong with so many teams up near the top, um, you know, whether <laughs> whether a team like that can sneak in. Well, I, be- I believe the only women's team that is regionally ranked with a winning percentage under 700 is Kane. And th- I think they have a key head-to-head against a team that is likely in the bottom of the – would have been in the bottom of that region – and so it could be that 700 winning percentage is, is still kind of a line, which Stout is ahead of right now, but I think they have Whitewater and Eau Claire coming up and then the WIAC tournament. So Yeah, no guarantees they stay ahead of it at all. Uh, Scott, we'll let you have the choice of the next one. Do you want to go dubious or deep di- or debatable? Let's do dubious. 
So again, right. the voters are making it really difficult on me to, to find dubious ones. We've kind of talked about all of the ones that I would go to already. Yeah. But I'm going to go with Ber Berea. So they are, are number three others receiving votes in the poll. And this, to me, is a resume that is not the kind that I would ever vote for in the poll. They have maybe the worst SOS of any team in the top 150 teams. Their best win is a neutral court win over center. They got blown out by Transylvania. And so I'd probably put 50, 50 or more teams ahead of Berea. And I just don't see any quality of wins that kind of makes that winning percentage real to me. Ryan, any thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I think I'm I'm pretty much in the same place. That you want to give credit to a team that's going out and winning all their games, like they are, and hopefully they'll get a chance um, in the tournament. Um, uh, thankfully, winning percentage, as we said, this will work in their favor. That the women's committee tends to value that a little higher than the men do because they they have a better chance of getting in that way. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's not really their fault. They don't. They only have the one game against Transylvania to deal with, and. Um, you know, it's a strong team, but probably not worthy of getting votes right now. Yeah, I mean, center, they got a game against center, which is um, top of the of their conference, and they've got a win over them right before the Transylvania game. Uh, coach was on the show last week, basically said the Transylvania game was just a piss-poor game by on their part, um, and that Transylvania was bonkers good, too. Um, yeah. You know, they picked, they picked up some other games, I think, that just didn't translate this season, and I think that's where their problem, unfortunately, sure. is playing out. Um, all right. I like that one. Uh, Ryan, what's yours? All right. So this is a team that we all know is pretty good. And I actually am voting them right about where they are in the poll, but I'm starting to doubt myself. So I figured <laughs> this is a good dubious. I'm pulling up Trine here. Um, we yeah, know I've how good Trine is. Yeah. We know how good Trine is and how good they have been, right? Um, and they beat that. They beat Hope this year in that game that was pretty dominating and, and was really interesting. But if you pull that one game out... You're looking at losses to Baldwin-Wallace and Ohio Northern, Eau Claire, Hope, Albion. None of them are terrible, but they don't have a lot of other real statement wins in there. And so, I mean, I've, I feel like this, this, you know, resume without that one game, you know, looks a lot more like maybe a Loris or somebody who's just barely getting votes at the bottom of the poll. And so I'm just wondering, um, the theme this year has been consistency, right? We have lots of mm -hmm. teams who can beat anybody on any given night, but can they do it every night? And I, I have a few more questions about Trine's consistency and, and whether they really have the resume to be where they are. Not good call. Scott, your your thoughts? You're you're certainly close to them. Yeah, I think it really it's so hard to ignore that hope win. And I think that Wartburg <laughs> win is trending up over time. We're viewing yeah. it probably better and better, along with both the Albion win and the Albion loss. But I I so I think looking backwards. Trine is extremely fairly ranked, maybe even should be a little bit higher, but they had one of their top players go out for the season with an injury and they are so thin in the post and it really showed against Albion. That was where they failed. They just didn't have the the talent in the bodies. And I think that it would, that will probably keep happening. And so if you're incorporating injuries, what do we think the best team on the floor is going forward? I, I would be fading Trine. Yeah, they're, they've taken a couple of hits recently. I'm actually surprised they didn't fall further down the pole this week. Um, but I'm not voting, so I stay out of it. Um, all right, so that leaves us uh, debatable. That's our, our last one to, to go here. Um, Scott, we'll let you uh, – Ryan, Scott, you'll let you start that one off, actually, uh, since uh, 
You're the last one to go. All right. So the one that I really want to debate and I'm interested in getting information from is about Scranton. Um, I think they're really, really good. I considered them this week even for the number one spot. Um, but I also have a few questions. Um, like, are, are they, you know, a number one contending team or are they maybe more like towards the bottom of the, the, the top 10? You know, they got the really big Ithaca win. They've beaten Wartburg. They beat Tufts, although, you know, without their best player. Uh, obviously, they're doing well in conference. But it's just so hard when you get up to these very top teams to sort of judge. There is a tier, sort of one, two, three, four, and then another one kind of in the back half of that top 10. And I'm just not sure where to put Scranton right now. Yeah, so they're third in the poll. Massey puts them seven. My model, which is a kind of a what have you done this season, puts them five. And I think that, I mean, there's a lot to like. The Warburg win looks better and better. I think the Elizabethtown win looks better and better as Elizabethtown has been adding to their strength of schedule and they keep winning. The Tufts win is a little bit meh. Um, and Scranton did get pushed by, was it Catholic about a week ago? Yeah. Um, but their underlying stats are great. Their differentials are great in big games. So against strong opponents, I, I keep a stat of what, what are your differentials in those games? They're fourth in that. Okay. And I think there's just, there's a lot to like. They're probably undefeated results yep. versus regional ranked opponents. And so I, I would absolutely put them in the top three. Um, I think they're a top three team in the poll. I think they are a team that you build a quadrant around right now for the NCAA tournament. All right. I, I missed my one good chance to see them. Um, unfortunately, wasn't able to see him in person. I wanted to get a reaction on him myself. But uh, first-year head coach is where I kind of get a little nervous. Is not not that he's not a good coach. It's just how will those different scenarios and different things late in the season play out with a different coach? You just don't. You haven't, we haven't seen it yet. So that's where it certainly gets a little bit more interesting. And, um, and for the record, I do have them three as well. It's just I had yeah. some questions this week about you know where exactly do they fall because there's I think some arguments to be made both ways. No, I agree with you. I agree with you. Uh, Scott, who's your uh, debatable team to this week? We're going out west. We're going to talk about Puget Sound. So this is another team, kind of like Scranton, where there's a lot of consensus between a lot of the different ways or places that rank teams. Um, 16th in the poll, 19th in Massey, 21 in my model. So really quite similar. But looking at their slate of wins, and it didn't really impress me. Whitman win. Mary Harden Baylor was a good win. Uh, neutral. I think that was a neutral court. Was that at Trinity in um, around the holidays? Yeah. But then Red, Redlands, Pacific, Willamette, one of those games they were down 10 at half and came back to beat Willamette. It just doesn't seem like a terribly impressive group. You could definitely talk me into them being 16th and fairly ranked, but I don't know. I could. I, I also wouldn't blink an eye if they were number five receiving votes. Ryan, are you? Well, you hit on one of my my teams that I've really liked. I had them ranked pretty high at the end of last year, and I had them maybe as high as like eight or nine in the poll early this season. Um, that's largely eye test, right? I like the team last year. I liked what they had coming back. They played really well at the beginning. I watched both of those games in Texas the whole way because I really thought they would be good ones. And I felt like the team that I thought I was going to see should have beaten Mary Harden Baylor by more, and they should have played better against Trinity. I felt like they were playing well enough in the fall to win both of those games, and they didn't 
play as well as expected, and they haven't since then. They've kind of been slumping, and I haven't seen what I saw at the beginning of the year. So I do have them farther down, but I'm still kind of harboring some some hope that they'll find this form as they get into the the postseason because I do think that they really can be you know right up there as a top ten team if if they put it all together. I agree with you. Uh, I think they're a good team. I think it's just really hard, and we talk about this all the time. They'll look at a team that far out, kind of with very tough resume. Um, and determine who they are. I mean, granted, weren't there Texas games the first two games of the season too? So you're trying to weigh that a little bit against themselves. I could be wrong on their It was over schedule. Christmas. Oh, it was okay. like seventh and eighth games. But yeah, right before conference play started. Okay. Yeah, a little later than that. So a little bit less benefit of the doubt. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's a good debate to have. And that's why we have you guys on. And I appreciate you finding some some more schools to chat about. Ryan, it's great to have you on um, and, and discuss it all as well. And I'm not letting you go just yet. I still want to get a little bit more from you guys, but um, I appreciate the insight on, on schools that are worth talking about too. And by the way, we're not talking about them because they're bad. We're talking about these teams because they're up in those conference uh, stand, up in the conference standings, up in regional standings, national conversations. They all deserve to be chatted about in some capacity or another due to their seasons. Um, what are you looking forward to, uh, Ryan? In the next tier, uh, well, we really got two and a half weeks. On the women's side, obviously, we'll have some upsets, but uh, anything in particular you're looking for? I I know I'm going to get flack because this is the one year we don't have to talk about them, but I really think that that NESCAC tournament is going to be exciting. You know, yeah. I think in the past we've had maybe one or two teams that we kind of knew would be the best, and I think, you know, there's literally, there are going to be eight teams that can probably win that thing. And Agreed. it's still high-level basketball, even if it's not, you know top 15 level basketball this year. And and I think that'd be really cool. Um, also just figuring out where the UAA pans out, right? There's so many good teams um, and how many are going to be able to get into the, into the tournament because of the various regions that they're in. Um, you know, it's, I just feel like that, that 18 NESCAC tournament is really going to be a free for all in a way we haven't seen in a very long time. No, I agree with you. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, men's side's going to be fun too. Like it always is, but the women, I think it, you could get a dark horse easily win in that conference, I think, this year. Scott, anything you're looking forward to here at the end? On Ryan's comment on the NESCAC, it could be really interesting there because they've kind of beat each other up this year, which has pushed a lot of their winning percentages under 700. And so it could mean that that AQ is very important and many teams, as you said, have a chance to win it. Things that I'm looking at, now I don't have this long Division Three history even though I went to a Division three school, I wasn't deep into the national landscape. Uh, and so a lot of these teams don't have a whole lot of meaning for me. And the stats help me assign like rooting interests or what are the implications of this game? And so even just looking at tonight, Gettysburg versus Johns Hopkins, those are teams that aren't receiving votes in the top 25 poll. But I think Hopkins is just inside the bubble and Gettysburg is just outside the bubble and close enough that the result of this game can change a whole lot. And there are games like these every single night. So it's fun for me. Like, I don't I don't know much about those schools, but now I can watch that game through a different perspective um, because it has such implications for the NCAA tournament. And I haven't looked at the standings, but I bet you it has a lot of implications for their conference tournament. Oh, it has well. a huge uh, two-game difference between the two of them. Uh, Gettysburg already smoked Hopkins earlier in the season on a bad night for Hopkins. They get a win and they can close the gap. You could almost flip the number one seed in that conference. And and it's an interesting, you know, with the history in there, not quite changing of the guard because Gettysburg is still good, but they're not quite as good as they have been the right. last couple of years. And Hopkins is certainly much better than they've been 
yep. in the last few. And so it's an interesting one just from the the drama and the dynamics of that in, in the conference as well. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and the conference race has been crazy too. Haverford has spent a good chunk at the top of the conference. They've stumbled, but they've kind of righted themselves. And you've got others who are lurking right behind them. It's an interesting centennial race this year. And, and this game is absolutely circled on everybody's radars. Um, I'll be watching it from another school in the Centennial Conference, looking forward to seeing how it plays out. We'll, we'll all be keeping an eye on that one. So that's a great point, Scott. Well, guys, thanks for the time. I really appreciate it. Uh, look forward to talking to you guys down the road, having you. And we'll have you guys extensively <laughs> in the next few weeks as we hit all of our big shows. Um, whether it's regional rankings or mock selections or top 25, there's a lot to talk about. And I appreciate all the time you've given us in the show. And, uh, Good luck uh, enjoying the week, uh, the weekend to come, and we'll talk to you guys soon. Thanks, Dave. Thank you, Thanks, Dave. Ryan and Scott joining us here on the uh, Huddle Hoopsville Hotline. By the way, a little bit of a lag on the video. Seems like maybe it just cleared up. Not sure what's going on. We'll we'll try and figure it out in the uh, off air or during the commercial break. But worst case, we'll uh, we'll get it fixed up here in a bit. We have updated our uh, tote board, though we haven't got it up. Hold on a second. I had to drop it for that segment. Uh there we go. Oh no, I'm 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 muting and opening up too many things here. But uh we do have raised up over seventeen hundred dollars. Um so if you please donate, there's a QR code there to our give butter campaign. Uh there's also a Venmo, Venmo.com slash uh D- Dave McHugh. You can look it up. We've been tweeting that information as well. Um we should point out this Thursday coming up. I'm sorry, a week from th- tonight, week from tonight. Don't forget, we have a huge announcement uh, here on the show as we will be the exclusive home of the top 16s for the men's and women's uh, men's and women's committees. Uh, they'll be live starting at 7 o'clock here on Hoopsville. We'll be talking to both committee chairs along with getting reactions from our experts. But we will announce after week two who at that time are the top 16 teams if it were to be seeded in the NCAA tournament on both the men and women's side. That's a Hoopsville exclusive coming up on Thursday at 7 o'clock. We'll take a break. When we come back, we will talk uh, women's basketball action. We'll continue the theme with Harden-Simmons women's basketball. Kendra uh, Whitehead will join us to discuss her cowgirls. And then after that, we'll talk Wartburg women's basketball. And still ahead, North Park and Utica men's programs. You're listening to Hoopsville presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA NABC Studios. Great moments are born from great opportunity. That's what you have here tonight. That's what you've earned here tonight. This is your time. Now go out there and take it. to stop sexual assault. In any way that we can. To get a friend home safe. To never blame the victim. It's on us. To stand up. To make our community safe for all. It's on us. It's on us to look out for each other at parties. It's on us. To be more than just a bystander. 
to step up and say something. It's on us, all of us, to stop, stop sexual assault. assault. Learn how and take the pledge at itsonus.org. There are over 480,000 college athletes. Only 2% would go pro. That means over 470,000 will not get a shoe contract. No autographs. No private jets. No fan clubs. No Hall of Fame inductions. Instead, they will walk away with something much more valuable. We've got more schools than Division One, more fans than Division Two, and more upsets than March Madness. There's 800 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over a decade. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division Three basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com. Well, camera's not loading for us. That might be half our problems today. Welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody. Hope you uh, are enjoying our midday matinee. If you've got questions for us, tweet us at D3Hoops or hashtag Hoopsville. Email us hoopsville at d3sports.com. Also live simulcasting the show on Facebook and YouTube. I know my aunt, we always give her a shout out, out in the uh, greater New York or greater Chicago area, is enjoying the Facebook va uh, version. That's probably half the reason we stream on Facebook. Uh, but if you're uh, available or around, make sure you... You join in if you got questions for us. We'll certainly try and answer them as best we can, um, and so on and so forth. Apparently, there was another bonkers finish to a game that we missed. We'll see if we can turn it around for the show tonight. We'll 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 see. If not, maybe we'll get it on the next one. Um, all right, so we'll continue the theme on women's basketball. One team that I I don't know if they're flying under the radar per se because they're number eight in all the land, but at the same time, we we don't talk about them a lot maybe because we're all distracted with everything else going on in division three basketball neither of that's really wrong it's just interesting to say the least and i'm stalling because for some reason we can't get the uh the thing to load so just bear with me as i we call this back up but um harden simmons is certainly having a great season this year and worth talking about as they always are but it's interesting because the asc feels a little bit different but as we've talked about extensively it's also a conference that's in a little bit of flux, but not because of basketball. Joining us on the Huddle Hoops Hotline, it's Kendra Whitehead. You might have remembered her as Kendra Haskins. Haskins? I may have had Hassel. that wrong. Hassel. Yeah, see, I knew I had it wrong. See, I've there already forgotten go. it. I've already that's good. I've already that's fine. We've moved on. I already cleared that one out of my head. There uh, you Kendra go. Whitehead joins us from the eighth ranked. Uh, is it still Cowgirls? It's Cowgirls. Okay. Just wanted to make sure I got it right. Um First and foremost, congratulations on the season. Uh, listen, nothing to shake a stick at. Uh, Twenty and two overall. You're undefeated in conference play. Um, we will certainly dive into all those particulars. But from your perspective, you're looking now at the second week of, of February. Regional rankings are out. You're very much in the conversation nationally. How, how's the season gone from your perspective? Incredibly, I think if you had asked me early on if you know, what our record might be at this point, I might have added a couple more losses just because of how strong our conference is. I mean, you know a lot about the ASC and uh, definitely having to go on the road. Everybody plays so well at home. Uh, but I've been really pleased just to see 
our team's growth, honestly, because, um, you know, that's key to, to playing well late in the season and we're continuing to see our team improve. Um, and so that's what I'm probably the most excited about. I can understand that. Uh, I am admittedly a little surprised. It's not a knock, but I think you're, you alluded it to there. A little surprised you have gone through conference play without taking a knock so far um, because you play so many games in the conference that to some degree the the grind, the, the wear and tear is going to wear you out, um, and it hasn't so far. And if you look at the standings in this one, East Texas Baptist, Mary Harden, Baylor, and Saul Ross are your closest few, and you've you've lapped them to some degree. You've already clinched basically the top of this conference with a four-and-a-half game lead on, on all of them. Right. I mean, honestly, I just have so much respect for all of those teams that – um, I don't want to say that I'm surprised because that devalues my belief in our own team. Uh, but at the same time, we are finishing up. We play at McMurray on Saturday, and we're finishing up eight out of nine games on the road. And so, also yep. just looking at a stretch like that, you know, prior to going on it, you would think, oh, we're you know we're going to take a hit somewhere probably, and it'll be okay, uh, just knowing how strong our conference is. Uh, but somehow our kids have just been so resilient and they found a way in some crazy games. We've had games where, you know, we go on the road and both games we hold the opponent to low scoring and low shooting percentages. And then we've got games where we just try to outscore people. And so yeah. it hasn't been the same scenario anywhere that we've been. But uh, fortunately, we've got a, a group of girls that just keeps continuing to work hard to find a way no matter how the game is going. Your only blemishes this season. We'll talk about the most recent grind in a moment. But what's interesting about your only blemishes this season was you you played a home and home series with Trinity on back to back games on November twenty second and twenty sixth. They got you in both uh, yeah. at your place seventy six sixty nine. Then there at their place eighty one sixty eight. And I know you got to be creative with with the uh, the scheduling. Granted, home and home kind of you know brings the SOS a little lower, but it doesn't hurt you at all playing Trinity. But I, I, don't take this the wrong way. Were you guys that desperate for games that you had to play each other twice in, in four days? You know, it, it did start out that we were hoping to play a Thanksgiving tournament at their place, and then they weren't able to find another opponent to come out there. And we're kind of late, kind of twiddling our thumbs going, what would, should we do? Do we pick up another uh, potentially SCAC school? And then Cam and I just ultimately settled on it helps us to play each other twice. Uh, looking back afterwards, of course, everybody was really questioning me when they saw the result. Like, why would you do that? Also, why would you do that back to back? But I, I am pleased to say that, you know, we can look back now and, and know that, you know, they were just a really strong team. And that was something that we got to learn and grow from. And uh, we were able to continue moving forward. I think some of our fans felt like the wheels were falling off. Uh, but inside our locker room, I mean, we obviously knew that they were just a really good opponent, and uh, it just kept us motivated to keep working. Yeah, no, listen, it, hindsight's always twenty twenty, right? Uh, and I can <laughs> yeah. understand them going, oh, my Lord, this is just horrible. What are we doing? Yeah. Uh-huh. But, no, they were number one team last week, you know, right. until they took a loss at Colorado College. It certainly looks good. But you have absolutely blitzed everybody since, uh, beating some really good teams, um, even going to Puerto Rico uh, and playing some uh, a Geneseo and Adrian squad who you you handled in conference. I, I think I've been more surprised in conference at the at the spreads at the end of the games. Granted, you've had some close ones, uh, you know, an 84-78 game against Concordia at their place. 
uh, 87-78 against Mary Hunt Baylor. No surprise, they're your closest rivals. But you've also absolutely handled some teams. I guess the question is, give us a sense of what is going so well for your squad. What is clicking that is working so great? Well, I think you can start with our experience, Dave. We have a lot of seniors in this group, a lot of not just seniors, but people that played since their freshman year. They've been in our system that whole time, and our offense really just clicks. I mean, we're we're so balanced. We've got a good inside game. We have even a post that comes off the bench that really helps our inside game. But if you help off too much, we typically have four strong shooters on the court, and we make you pay by kicking it out and, and hitting threes. So um, offensively, we're really just gelling, and we've got a lot of experience. But I would say overall it's the balance that's key. Um, I think it's difficult or it has to be difficult for the coaches in our league to scout us. You know, if you want to try to take one player away that led us in scoring the game before, it's likely that someone else is going to lead us. And, I mean, we've had big games from multiple players, uh, you know, 33-point game from somebody, and then the next game it's 26 from somebody else. And I think that just makes it really, really hard to guard us. The other thing I think is interesting is um, our defense gets overlooked at times. And, uh, you know, we have, again, in that same area, a very veteran squad that they just communicate so well on the floor. Um, and they're playing super tough on both ends of the court right now. Interesting enough, as you talk about it, this is only the second time this season I've seen it. You, you're led by seniors in terms of, of paper uh, on scoring. You have seven players who are 7.3 to 11.8 points per game. Your top five are all seniors. Six of the seven are seniors, with a sophomore being the one lone non. You're led by Paris Kaiser, who came from UT Dallas. Uh, Polly Thomason left for Hartford. Paris Kaiser left for Harden-Simmons. She's <laughs> leading the team, though she's only played in 16 games, 11.8 points per game. Natasha Blizzard, who's played in every single game, is your center, 10.2. Samantha Tatum, 10 points. Paris uh, Palmer, 9.9. Hallie Edmondson, 9.3. Uh, the other senior is actually seventh is Sheree Wilson at 7.3 with Kiki Gonzalez, a sophomore at 8.8. You, to your point, when you've got a tight group like that averaging similar numbers, it speaks, especially at this point in the season, that any one of them is a threat. And if you double team somewhere else, someone else is going to hurt you as a squad. That's got to be a lot of pride. But when you've got seven, that means you're deep on the bench too. It does. We're able to rotate and, uh, you know, really Sheree has been a really good spark for us coming off the bench at times, you know, she, I feel bad that she's not starting because, you know, in some other places or a scenario she would. Um, but you know, she's really taken on that role and she's ready to lead us in scoring off the bench as well. Same thing for, uh, Makia or we call her Kiki, um, our sophomore post, she does a great job on the inside for us. Uh, but it's just, I, you know, I never know going into the game who's going to lead us in scoring, and I never care. And the coolest thing is they don't care either. Um, they're willing to share the ball, make that extra pass, feed the post, relocate, do all of those little things. And um, they celebrate each other as much as they celebrate uh, the wins and, and their own individual success. And I think that has definitely been a key to us being successful is they don't really care who gets the credit. And for the most part, it looks like you're healthy. Uh, Kaiser's six games missed were middle of the season. She's been playing for quite a while since then. By the way, they all shoot well, too. Kaiser's at 44%. Blizzard's at 66%, which is ridiculous. 
48 plus percent from Tatum. Palmer is at 43 percent, 43 and a half for Edmondson, 49 percent for Kiki, and Wilson's is 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 the lone bad shooter at 38 percent. And I'm for those listening, I'm using air quotes. That's what's also scary is they all shoot well. So maybe one takes a lot of shots and gets a lot of points that way, but they don't have a great shooting percentage. No, they they they're all efficient. Absolutely. And I think that's a credit to them sharing the ball well, because we, I'm going to say this, knock on wood somewhere, but we don't take a lot of bad shots. We take the open ones or the one-on-one scenarios in the paint. And and that's what we look for. I mean, we're the the dribble drop offense where we look for layups, free throws and threes. And uh, they pretty much get those in the ways that our offense creates. And they've been just so disciplined in doing that. And We've, of course, we preach discipline and toughness a ton, and it's just been really fun to watch them grow and in their shot selection. And it's really cool because it pays off and they've shot it well. I think um, our overall team shooting average is at almost 45%, which is the highest we've had since I've been here. And, And I believe since my first year as a head coach when I was at UT Tyler. 45% is your team shooting. Your opponents are 36 you're shooting 33 from beyond the arc. Your opponent's 27. Uh, you're scoring 76.6 points per game. Your opponents aren't even hitting 60. There's a lot of things in there that shows the dichotomy between the offense and the defense. But to your point about sharing, okay, Natasha Blizzard's knocking on the door of a double-double. She's got 9.2 uh, rebounds per game on top of the 10.2 points she's scoring. But you have a wealth of other players who are rebounding. Gonzalez at 6.5, Palmer at 6, Tatum's at 4.5, Wilson's at 3+. plus. You look at assist numbers, there's a ton of players who are assisting. You look at steals, there's a ton of players who are getting steals. They're, they're, the only thing you're not getting a ton of is blocks. You get three per game, and that's not a knock. It's about the only thing I can find where you're not all clicking in the same genre or in the same uh, zip code in terms of pr- production. I guess the only question is, how do you keep that going, though, now that you turn towards conference tournament action soon in NCAA when there's now a wealth of information on this team and and at the same time there's a bunch of wear and tear on this team? Yeah, you know, honestly, at this point, everybody's a little banged up, a little tired, a little bit sore. Um, So that's really nothing new. That's something these girls have uh, dealt with their whole careers at this point in the year. Um, how we keep it moving forward, honestly, I'm thankful that we have a mature group of young ladies that they are driven and motivated and passionate. And, you know, it wasn't until last year that we won the conference tournament. So, I mean, that's not enough for them. They have bigger goals. They want to keep playing. They want to play as far into March as they can. And and so I think the drive is deep within them. And I honestly uh, they make my job easy because I don't have to do a whole lot of motivating because it's kind of who they are at the core and uh, one of the things I'm most thankful for. Uh, it's certainly fascinating to watch. Tell me a little bit about this conference race. We talked a little bit about it, but it's it's deceiving that you've got this big a gap um, in understanding just how good the conference really is. They're so good. You know, and teams win at home. They protect their home court very well. Um, and so I, you know, I've kind of looked at the conference standings and then followed up with who has who left and where do they play and how do I think that it's going to play out. And I just can't even guess on it at this point. Um, you would like to give the advantage to the the home team for the most part, just because of it. But um, on any given night, I mean, it's just like you brought up our Concordia score. They played 
very well against us at their place. And then we still have them on the schedule. Um, so it's yep. just, just really going to kind of be um, who plays well down the stretch, who continues to play healthy. Um, I think, you know, one of the teams in our league that's really kind of knocking at the door lost a key player uh, a week or so ago. And so, you know, how does that impact their team and their chemistry? And all of those things really start to factor in here down the stretch. You played five or six at home in conference play at the at the pre-Christmas side of the conference schedule. Now you're looking, as you said, of finishing up this tough run where you have played, I'm just double-checking, you said it was eight, I think it was. Yeah, eight of nine on the road, Howard Payne being the only home game. you got one more, McMurray, coming up here uh, on Saturday. Then you'll finish at home. Concordia, Texas, Merriman Baylor, you get to finish at least the last two at home. And at this point, you've cl- clinched the, senior, uh, the season, so you also know you'll be at home for the conference tournament. It's going to be a weird question, but you've gotten so used to playing on the road. Are you almost nervous about having to play at home and, and, and adjusting the schedule to always being at home for the for, for the next yeah. few weeks? Coaches are nervous about everything, aren't they? Yeah, fair, fair. Yeah. I mean, you, yeah. you can think about that. Um, you know, Saturday when we played here against Howard Payne, it just felt so great to be back. And we had one of the best crowds we had had. Um, all season they came out I think they had missed us as well so uh, that was just so comfortable and that actually made me feel a whole lot better about how we're finishing out here but I will say that at the end of the season last year we finished on the road and we were on the road for our conference tournament and then we got to host and it was sort of this craziest thing we didn't expect to host (laughs) and we didn't shoot well in our own gym in that Mm. national tournament game and so that was kind of a, a shock to me a little bit but uh, for the most part, you know, it's such an advantage to get to play on your home court. I am glad that we have these two regular season games here to finish out before we go into the conference tournament. Because to be honest with you, our home games, uh, majority of them were on campus whenever students were gone. So we didn't have the benefit of the big crowds. We didn't have the full band and cheerleaders and everyone yeah. there. And, and you know, that makes a difference. So we're yeah. going to... We had that last Saturday when we played Howard Payne, and we're going to get to um, have it next week just to kind of acclimate to that as well because not only does it affect the opponent, it does affect us too. Oh, absolutely. agree with you. Uh, by the way, we were going to have you on earlier in the, in the season, but two things. One, I was talking to you on the phone while you were trying to get on the bus or you were on the bus or something, and my mind went, oh, you know, I, I had to double-check their schedule, and I looked and said, geez, I, I, no, I'm not going to try because I know the schedule. There's no way I'm going to try and get any of you who are traveling on a Thursday <laughs> show because i don't know what the thursday could be you seriously could be on the road and so we had to wait this long because of that schedule um quick question about the asc before i let you go saul ross has announced that they've applied to division two barring division two doesn't say we're done um they're out of the conference there's mcmurray who's with football and going to the skack and the asc while not looking like it in terms of numbers in the hoop side is in a little bit of jeopardy because football is dealing with some serious shortages in numbers. I know it's trickling into the other sports and the unknown of what is going to happen next and if teams are going to bolt somewhere and take their entire program with them just because they want to solidify football. I'm curious your take on not what you're hearing. I, I know rumor is rumor, but just the state of the ASC and, and the nerves and, and everything going on right now when – it seems, to my perspective, every week I hear something maybe a little bit different. Right. You know, honestly, it feels a little unsettled. So, I mean, that's the best word I can think of, of just kind of not knowing what the future holds. 
Um, You're right in that the basketball side of it continues to be pretty stable and that we have UT Dallas, Concordia, and um, Letourneau that football does not have. So you still feel like, okay, we've got a solid amount of games. Uh, But I do know, and I'm actually married to our offensive coordinator here, so I definitely get that football side. And uh, we talk about it often, but, you know, we're already having trouble scheduling preseason games, just getting any D3 games. So then to lose two more conference opponents, it's just such a challenge. So um, I I don't, I mean, yeah, I've heard a lot of rumors and I hope that we're going to be able to piece some things together, but it, it certainly feels unsettled right now. Uh, I'm sure your offensive coordinator doesn't have any uh, nails right now from chewing them in his nerves. Probably not, yeah. <laughs> um, but on the flip side of that, you know, we talk about maybe loosening up the ASC schedule to give you more out-of-conference games to help bolster your 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 um, resume, which is certainly a good thing. But the, the bad thing, as you said, is trying to find those opponents, especially when you're a behemoth sitting at number eight in the top mm-hmm. 25. I get it. Uh, Kendra, exactly. I really appreciate the time. Thanks for the insight on the squad. If we could talk, as I say to every guest, forever about your team, but – way we're formatted. We don't want to take too much of your time. So thank you for what you gave us. As always, we give the coach the final word. Any final thoughts you want to share with those who may be tuned in? When you said that, I had one thing pop in my head. I was at a previous school where the tennis coach often said, you're either whining or you're thankful. And I just keep, I always think about that. And so, you know, I'm thankful for a lot of things, Dave. I'm thankful for what you do for Division Three Athletics and and how you promote uh, D3 hoops and Uh, I'm thankful for a university that supports and loves on our Cowgirl basketball program. Definitely thankful for my family that supports us in this journey of uh, having been on the road eight out of nine games over the last four or five weeks. Um, And really, really thankful for a staff and a group of young ladies that is just about the right things. And uh, they make every day and every part of this journey a lot of fun. So thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Wonderfully said. Uh, I love that adage, too. Uh, thanks for the time. Good luck. Uh, enjoy enjoy your home uh, bed for pregame <laughs> festivities. Thanks. I will, no doubt. I know. Take care. We'll talk soon. All right. Bye. Kendra Whitehead joining us here on the Blue Frame, or the Huddle Hoopsville Hotline. Still getting used to that alliteration. Uh, again, they're on the road for McMurray coming up here on Saturday, which is, by the way, not that far away. I did look that up to double check. That is their closest game. Uh, and then they're at home against Concordia and Mary Harden Baylor. We'll take another break. When we come back, we'll continue our women's basketball conversation. We'll head up and talk to Wartburg about what's going on with the Knights. You're listening to Hoopsville presented by D3Hoops.com for the WBCA and ABC Studios. Coach of the Year, Administrator of the Year, All-America Team, Wade Trophy. The WBCA doesn't just honor coaches, but players, administrators, and much more. The WBCA strives to honor those who have contributed to the advancement of women's basketball. Celebrate the present, honor the past, look to the future. For the love of the game, but for those of us who are Division III student-athletes, it's more than that, a lot more. Sure, the game is important, but as we work so hard to build both mind and body, it's more about team. That is why NCAA Division III teamed up with Special Olympics, and in giving the gift of sport to those for whom it seemed an impossible dream, we are working to make this a better world. Help us keep that dream alive. You can make a difference. It's on us. It's on all of us. And it's time to act now. It's on us to start the change. It's on us 
to be the change. It's on us. It's on Division Three. It's on all of us to stop sexual assault. I learned a lot of valuable lessons playing college football. I never thought about the health benefits of exercise until I actually started to talk to coaches in college. It's not only just for performance, it's for life. My coaches instilled the importance of well-being, not only building up strength, mental health, getting enough sleep, eating properly, it's all what it is to be healthy. I decided that I want to go into personal trainer and share my knowledge that I obtained in college about physical and mental well-being. We had an upgrade to the software, and for whatever reason, it doesn't like to automatically transfer over the preview. We're going to have to figure out what's happened in the changes. If you've got questions for us, tweet us at D3Hoopsville on this live matinee show. You can also join us on Facebook at facebook.com slash hoopsville or on uh, YouTube, youtube.com slash D3Hoopsville. Scroll on to the bottom of your screen if you happen to be watching to us live. If you listen to us podcast, please make sure you like and uh, leave a review. Try and bolster the show up higher into the systems uh, wherever you may be listening to the show. Um, continuing the women's conversation here, um, another team that seems to always be in the national conversation, but I felt like it, maybe it was a little bit of wait and see this season, is the Wartburg Knights. Uh, Bob Amsbury, of course, has a very good squad on his hands, as he always does. Uh, maybe not surprising to some of us, um, but certainly surprising to others, as I just realized once again. Don't always have the settings totally right. There we go. Um, they are 18-4 and this season, and they are 13-0 in conference play. And it seems appropriate we're talking to Wartburg right after we talked to Harden-Simmons because uh, Aaron Beadle, assistant coach at Harden-Simmons, used to be the assistant coach at Wartburg, and Kendra wanted me to make sure to say hi to Bob. Uh, <laughs> Bob, good to see you, sir. How are you? Welcome to the program. Thanks for the time. I appreciate being here. Um. First and foremost, uh, the fact that you and Kendra probably talk often or there's a median in between uh, and an assistant coach is kind of cool because admittedly, you guys are some distance apart. I wouldn't necessarily draw a straight line. Yeah, it, uh, it is a small world, though. We um, Our first Final Four appearance, we beat her Texas Tyler team. Um, so I was familiar with her, and she's she's – built a great program in a couple spots now. And um, we certainly talked when her assistant job was open and um, Coach Beadle was able to get back down into Texas where he's uh, he could avoid some of the snow and um, <laughs> still do what he loves to do. So, Yeah, some of the snow. They, they deal with some worse issues sometimes in terms of ice. So I don't know which one is a win there. Um, hey, let's talk about your squad. 18-4 and four overall. Interestingly enough, two of your losses came in the opening three games, and then you had another two that were back-to-back -back, uh, in early, eh, mid-December, we should call it, and you've been on a, on a roll since. 
Uh, before we dive into the nuances of those losses or wins or whatever the case may be, overall, how's the night season come uh, going along from your perspective? It's been great. Uh, you know, we only lost really three seniors from last year. Um, two were in our rotation, so we did have a lot coming back into this season. And but every season is different, and we. Um, you know, I felt like we had a good plan going in and, uh, but we, we got shook a little bit in December on our trip to Florida and not in a bad way. Um, we got exposed by some really good teams and I think that was a blessing for us. Uh, it, it kind of allowed our coaching staff to reevaluate, uh, some things, our rotation, uh, our style of play. And so we worked on some changes as a result of those games and have played really good basketball since then. Yeah, you have. Again, just to recap, you, you started the season with a win over Edgewood rather easily, and then you were on the road against Eau Claire, um, and they beat you 94-83. Then you played at Eau Claire against Oshkosh. They beat you 71-58. Admittedly, that can be a a tough stretch and, and caused a little bit of a derailment right then and there. But you got five wins after that against Cornell, Dubuque, Luther, Westminster, and Simpson, some of those in conference action. And then you took the losses in St. Petersburg against Scranton and Trine, obviously very good teams. Scranton thumped you, 59-37. You came back and and fought back against Trine, 60-56. to How do you keep those two little two-game losing streaks not spiraling and snowballing into bigger problems? Well, going in, we want to play those teams. And Absolutely. You really find out um, where you are at that moment in time when you play really good opponents. And you learn a lot. You, lo- you learn a lot more by playing teams like that than you do about teams, you know, if you're going to go in and win easily, what you really learn. And I knew that we would risk losing games, but – our goal is to be a better team each time out. And, and those games all, they helped us for sure. I mean, we are much better team today for having played those teams um, early in the year. And, you know, it's interesting. I think if you take a picture at one moment in time, you make a judgment about our program and, you know, it depends on, on when you see us and, Still to the today, it depends on when you see us. You might see us look like a uh, one of the top teams in the country for a ten minute stretch, and then you'll see us at another point, and you're like, well, Warburg's not that good. So, you know, it it's dangerous to take just the picture. You got to take the video, and you know, kind of go along with with the whole thing. And I feel really good about where we are. We're still. Um, we still have room to grow and learn, and uh, we still go through those stretches. Our goal is to be great in longer stretches and and push out some of those times where we're not playing so well. Um, 37 points, though, is certainly a scary thing to look at. That said, you again, right at the ship, and you've scored uh, – well, hold on, lost track – 2, 4, 6, 8, 10, 12 games straight since. Obviously – mostly in conference play, though some non-conference to get that rolling, and you're undefeated in conference action as a result. You've got two games left in conference play, and we look at the conference, you've got a two-game lead on Loris, so you've 
all but buttoned up that number one slot um, in conference action. Um, of course, Loris is the last game of the regular season. I know you don't want to leave it to then, but tell me a little bit about the conference in terms of how competitive it's been this season and, and what's been the things to watch out for. We'll, we'll transition into talking about your team after that. Yeah, you know, I think every coach you talk to says their conference is great. And, you know, I think I think that ours is, is the same. It, it's harder to win in your league because teams know you. Um, the longer in the season you go, the more film they get, the yep. more – you know, the more ways they figure out how to guard you or take away what you do or exploit you. And and so every coach is right. It You know, their league, it's harder to win in their league. Um, and I, ours is no exception. Um, you know, I think that the middle of our league is better than it's been in a long, long time. Um, top of the league is really good. Uh, and if you're not good every night, you can get beat. So, yeah. You know, I'm just really proud of where we are today. Uh, you know, as I look back, we've had to win when it was hard and when we weren't great. And I think good teams find ways to win even when it is when it's not necessarily easy. And and I give a shout out to our kids and I call them kids. They're not. Um, you know, our players have found ways to win when it's not necessarily easy. Uh, sometimes it looks really easy, but I'm telling you, it's not easy. So, um. Well, impressive with your team. You've got a two-headed monster in Sarah Faber and Jadon Murphy, both averaging 14, basically 14 and a half points per game, both of them pulling down their fair share of rebounds. Both of them shoot well. Faber at 41%, Murphy at 45%. Both are outside threats on top of that. You're two of your, your uh, more significant outside shooters, they both shoot free throws well. By the way, they also both hand out the ball pretty much. Murphy, maybe a little less than Faber, but that's obviously for a lot of other circumstances, but they both steal too. It's it's interesting just looking at those two, and I know we got three more I want to definitely bring up who are near double figures, but just looking at those two, it's a it's a go-ahead, pick one. Uh, the other one's going to get you. Yeah, I think you could say that about several of our players. Um those two are really good. They're really good players, but we don't really have a go-to, hey, we get it to this kid and they're going to get us baskets. Uh, we're, a, we're more of a complement each other team. Uh, we're best when we don't try to do too much, when we can generate looks for our teammates. Um, and when we do that, we are really, really good. So... Um, yep, they're they're both very very good players, but it's not like they are take over a game. Hey, we got to get them the ball. Um, it's really let's let's individually play our role and see what we can create for each other. Um, there there have been games where where teams have tried to take out one or both of them, you know, with a face guard or you know just paying extra attention, double team and. In those games, we typically have somebody else go off for 20. Um, you know, one, one of the other complimentary, complimentary players. So we're built to um, really complement each other, and we're best when we can play that way. 
Yeah, the other three that, that I wanted to bring up who are knocking on the door double figures, um, Macy Harris at 9.4, Brittany Young at 9.8, and Maggie Wilkins at 9.9 points per game. They also pull in their fair share of rebounds. They, you know, For the most part, most of them hand out. Macy's, I think, uh, your second, third most in assists, um, second in steals or third in steals. It, those three certainly come to the table, too, with near double-digit points. And as we were talking with Kendra, now you got a five-headed monster, essentially, of those who can contribute in some capacity and in some way. The only one who doesn't shoot from outside in that group, um, actually is just outside that group. It's Olivia Baxter. All of them also shoot from outside. So you've got a danger here. They're going to, they're going to get you at any point on the floor. Yeah. You bring up the outside. We, we aren't afraid to shoot the three and, you know, sometimes we'll go in games and miss five or six in a row to start a game. Um, and, but that's who we are. And we're going to take the shots that the, the defense gives us. Uh, I mean, there's been two games where we've shot over 43s in a game, which is absurd, you know, more than one per minute. And we're not, you know, we're not Grinnell. Um, we're going to take <laughs> what we, we're going to take what the defense gives us. And there's literally, there's times where I'm thinking, man, we need to get something at the rim, but, we do have a lot of kids that can shoot it and that's the way we're built. And, um, so we're going to shoot it. Uh, we've got, we've got a lot of kids that can really get going from the three point line. So we figure if we miss six in a row, we might make six in a row. Um, it might be a little dangerous to play that way, but we are who we are. I mean, you shot 34% from outside the arc. It's not too bad, uh, in any way, shape or form. Um, and holding your opponents to well below 30%. So it's working out pretty well. We talk about the offense. What's what's clicking on defense? You're outscoring your opponents by 17. We've grown a lot defensively. You know, I think early in the season, uh, we really struggled. You know, that Eau Claire game, we, we gave up 90-something. Uh, that was a great game, one of, the, one of the best games I've been a part of. Um, but we gave up way too many points. And it took us a while to really figure out defensively who we were and we've, we continue to grow. Um, we've gotten to be pretty good defensively. Um, you know, it's about communication and trusting each other. And most games were, uh, undersized. And so we've got to find ways to defend bigger kids. And, uh, I mean, really you could, argue that our starting lineup is a bunch of guards. Um, so we, we help each other and we communicate and we've grown a lot defensively for sure. Uh, again, three games left in the season. You'll play your next two at home against Buena Vista and Co. And then on the road to finish it up against Loris, which obviously we hope for your sake, it is not meaning anything. You're, you'll have buttoned up the number one seed. Uh, last couple of seasons, things uh, haven't finished, I think, the way you guys have wanted. Last season, losing in the conference tournament and then immediately in the first round, the season before, uh, season that we played before, um, losing in the second round. Do you guys constantly talk about being focused and being prepared for this this end run? Or is it uh, take it as it is type approach? How's it going today? We'll talk about this today. Yeah, you know, I, I've... I listen to your show a lot and every coach is focused on the next one. And we certainly do that, but I, I'd be lying if I 
don't tell you that I look ahead. Um, you know, earlier in January, we were facing a stretch where we had five out of six on the road. And I knew that that was a, that was a stretch that was going to be really hard to get through unscathed. And so the, you know, down the road was certainly in the back of my mind. Um, but at the same time, you got to live in the present. And I think our team has done a really good job of understanding that no one game is more important than the other. It's, you know, if we don't win this next one, then the one down the road doesn't, I mean, it, it doesn't matter either, right? It's what can we do today to be better? Um, you know, we played last night and won, and there's a lot in that game that we need to see on film that we need to clean up. So, you know, it's sure you got to live in the moment, but if uh, I'd be lying to you if I didn't look ahead as well. You know, we, we look for opportunities this time in the time of year to get some of our kids some rest. You know, you, you don't want to wear them out, um, you know, because of what's coming up. So just keeping the big picture in mind while while staying in the present has been key for this team. That's no, fascinating insight, and I appreciate it. Yes, a lot of coaches talk about on this show game by game. We're, we're pretty used to that at this point. Um, Coach, appreciate the time. I, I know there's still a lot of work to be done before you can even consider March um, so we won't even ask you about <laughs> that, but we wish you all the luck, certainly the rest of the way. Um, conference can always come up and get you, and we and we know you'll be prepared for the conference tournament. We look forward to seeing how you guys finish. I think what's interesting about this year is I think you're you're almost driving later in the year than, I, than uh, instead of making the waves early in the year like we're used to, and I think that makes you guys a little bit more intriguing this year. Um, as always, give the coach the final word. Any final thoughts you want to share with those who might be tuned in? Yeah, you know, we, we always talk about the the kids that put up the stats. And I just want to put a shout out to what we call our scout team every day in practice. Um, that group has learned every play that every opponent plays um, and runs it against our top group and has just done an amazing job. And um, the value that that group brings to our squad um, can't go uh, overlooked. Um, a lot of the, a lot of our success has been dependent upon people that you don't see in the stat sheet. And that's what a great team is. And we've got a, a group that has really bought into their roles and is all about winning um, together and making each other better. And, um, so I'm, I'm just proud of them, and our team has grown so much over the last year, year and a half um, in ways that you don't see on game night, and that's why I think we've been able to string a bunch of wins together and, and be successful. No, well said, and I definitely agree on the shout-out uh, to those like the, the, the practice squads or the scout teams because they certainly are putting in just as much hard work as those who are getting the glory. Appreciate the time, Coach. Good luck the rest of the way. We look forward to talking about the nights down the road and catching up with you at a later date. Thanks, Dave. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Bob Amsbury joining us from Wartburg. Again, big run ahead. Buena Vista and Co. On the, at home and then Loris on the road. We'll see how they'll play those things out. And got the conference tournament ahead. One win there, no matter what happens, and they're going to all but wrap up the conference tournament um, 
I should say, a win coming up. Uh, take a loss, things get a little bit more interesting with Loris lurking in that final game. When we come back, we'll switch gears, talk men's basketball. We'll start with North Park and the CCIW. They've come somewhat out of nowhere to have a spectacular season. Steve's, uh, Sean Smith will join us to talk about his squad. You're listening to Hoops Hope, is it by D3Hoops.com. Back with more after this. These are your teams, your players, your community of fans. This is where they play, where they practice, where you cheer at every meet, every event, every game. Your community is passionate, dedicated, supportive. You know the tension of a close game and the thrill of the win. So while you're cheering, keep an eye out for anything out of the ordinary. If you see something suspicious, say something to local authorities. used to never really talk, ever. I was afraid if I said something wrong, everyone would laugh at me. But then I started to play golf with Special Olympics. It helped me to find my voice. And now everyone else is speechless. We've got more schools than Division One, more fans than Division Two, and more upsets than March Madness. There's 800 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over a decade. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division Three basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com. I learned a lot of valuable lessons playing college football. I never thought about the health benefits of exercise until I actually started to talk to coaches in college. It's not only just for performance, it's for life. My coaches instilled the importance of well-being, not only building up strength, mental health, getting enough sleep, eating properly, it's all what it is to be healthy. I decided that I want to go into personal trainer and share my knowledge that I obtained in college about physical and mental well-being. Welcome back to Hoops. Folks, if you've got questions for us, we're live on the air here on this Thursday afternoon. You can always tweet us at D3Hoops or hashtag Hoopsville. You can join us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Hoopsville or Hoopsville or YouTube at youtube.com slash D3Hoopsville. Live simulcasting this show. If you want to chat there, you're more than welcome. I um, Email Hoopsville at D3Sports.com. All those particulars. Switch gears and talk men's basketball action. By the way, we'll talk more about our fundraiser and t-shirt drives at the end. In men's basketball action, we talked about this uh, a few weeks back in the CCIW conversation with Wheaton men's basketball coach Mike Schauer about the fact that North Park had seemingly come out of nowhere, a team that didn't normally get a lot of wins both in conference or overall was seem, you know, on top of the conference. They had a dandy of a basketball game against Wheaton, did North Park, just a short time ago. But then, in my opinion, stubbed their toe against Milliken, which definitely gave me pause, but it didn't make me not want to talk to them to understand what's going on with the program, understand what has happened and, and where the magic is 
this season. So Sean Smith joining us on the Blue Frame Technology, or I'm sorry, the Huddle Hoopsville Technology. We will get that right by the end of the season. Uh, hotline uh, joins us. And Sean, I'll start with this, knowing North Park very well, especially from the soccer side. I appreciate that you don't do a lot of recruiting in Scandinavia to bring in names that are very difficult to say. I will start with that and then say, who is this team? Because you are certainly impressing outside of the CCIW, while also maybe frustratingly impressing inside the CCIW. And specifically about our team here, uh, we do have three guys from Sweden, so uh, on, on our roster this year. So and yeah, a little tongue in cheek. Yeah, <laughs> we'll try to get some more as we move forward. But yeah, uh, really excited about our group and how quickly they've come together. Um, you know, we got the job in late April, and you know, really hit the transfer portal hard um, because of the, the timing of the job. Right, most of. My last spot at Wisconsin Lutheran College, our recruiting class was wrapped up already, right? And so most of the high school students had decided where they wanted to be. So that was um, kind of for us as a staff, we talked about how can we get competitive quickly, right? And so we it took <clears throat> took some shots and some transfers, and it's, it's worked out well. Um, credit to those guys. They've really bought in. Um, they've come in with little ego and just have worked really hard, have bought into what we're trying to do here. Um, and have really laid a foundation um, for something that I think is going to be pretty special moving forward. Well, I think that's what's the amazing part here, Sean. It's not like you've been building on this for several seasons as as a new as a new coach at North Park, or that you know you 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 had some guys and you wanted to kind of turn things around, and you worked on the recruiting for a few years, and it's it's finally bubbling up. This is right out of the gate. Uh, you're having an immediate impact. And we know new coaches can certainly have an immediate impact in many ways. A change in philosophy, a change in offensive systems, a change in defensive systems. Maybe uh, a, a new coach brings something fresh to the table that the, the players react to. Those are all tangibles we get. I think what I, I think that's amazing in this is, as you've already described, you're going at it from also a completely different tactic, diving into the into the – transfer portal and diving into recruiting like who else wants to join us we're, we're making a run here that that's very different it feels yeah it's definitely not something that maybe we'll do moving forward um, sure but it's something that you know we're we're competitive we know how good the cciw is it's not really a league for building right that they don't <laughs> they're, not very, they're not very nice to those that are building right so uh we knew that if we wanted any chance of being competitive we had to bring in guys and we play a very different style of basketball, right. than the CCIW and a lot of schools, right. We, we press for 40 minutes. So bringing in a bunch of guys, is kind of something that we just, that's part of our philosophy is having a deep team that we can play a lot of guys and try to wear you out as we go throughout the game. So um, definitely different. Um, and we know as a staff that this is, not normal, right, to have this much success with year one. So, again, it goes credit back to the guys for, for buying in um, and doing everything we're asking them to do. Yeah, you, you're an interesting – when you look at the schedule, just kind of an interesting look at things. Uh, first off, started the season against East-West University. I'll just tell you from, from a behind-the-scenes world, we all hate East-West University. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Not an easy opponent, but I digress. Uh, you start really with Grinnell, 
And so you came out of the gate going, all right, not only is this a new program for me, it's new for new coaching staff for some of these players. It's a new school for some of these that we got to, to buy in and come to North Park. But we're starting with a system that's completely different. We're going to play a system game to get things really rolling this season. Maybe that's what happened in the Hope game. Uh, seven days later, they were still licking their wounds from the Grinnell game, uh, and he took a loss there. But what I was impressed with is you immediately responded and you rolled off five straight wins, including three big ones in conference play. Just give me a sense of that start of the season because that is all over the place in many ways. Yeah, I mean, you start with East-West, who <laughs> but bluntly, you don't know who's going to show up for the game, right? Yes. And, uh, <laughs> There's no roster to look up. <laughs> yes, yes. So that that scouts hard in and of itself. And as your first game as a college coach, you're freaking out. Are we prepared? Do we know what we're going to do? And um, credit to them, they gave us a great game and, and played really hard and have some really good players, right? Um, and then Grinnell, uh, that was a late ad. Um, somebody had backed out. The schedule was pretty much complete by the time I got here. And then there was one game left and somebody backed out at the last minute. Um, and Grinnell is always looking for games. And so, you know, not necessarily what we wanted to start with, but I thought it was great for us as a new group with guys and how we want to play, it doesn't affect us as much because we want to play nine to 10 guys. So we're going to do, we have the opportunity to do that. We have opportunity to be pressed and to press them um, and to see how we would respond um, to a different system. Right. And I think good teams can win in different styles. Right. And so, and then you talked about our response, Dave, and I think that's one of my favorite parts about this team um, is that every time that we hit adversity or we lose a game, um, practices amp back up, right? They they get re- refocused, relocked in. We've had a couple longer winning streaks this year, and then we, like you said, I think t- stub our toe a couple times. Um, but every every time they respond, right? And uh, last night was another example of that, right? To go on the road at Carthage, who's a very good team, to beat them at their place after losing a game at home um, to a very good Millican team, um, but not not a great loss for us. And so to see our guys' response all year and continue to do it um, makes me really proud of the guys that we have in our program. Yeah, you had an interesting moment coming out of the Christmas break. Uh, You played uh, St. Mary's University on the 30th and 31st against Benedictine, and it started a stretch where you actually lost three of five. You you alternated wins and losses, a loss to St. Mary's, a win against Benedictine, a, a tough battle loss at Wheaton on January 4th, lost by five, a win over Elmers by four, a loss to Carthage in a high-scoring affair, losing that one by nine. Felt like that was maybe the Christmas holiday got to everybody, and it was a little bit of a a tough kind of restart to things. What impressed me is that you then rolled off five five straight wins after that. You've won six of seven since that, and we taught you, you hinted at it, you talked about it, you know, recovering and, and ignoring those things, but Listen, no, that, that alternating of wins and losses, that can continue in perpetuity. That That is not an easy hole to get out of because you win one, you're like, good, we figured it out. You lose one, you're like, shoot, we didn't. And and you can easily go into a hole that way. Give me a little more insight on how you broke out of that little kind of tit for tat. Yeah, credit to St. Mary's and Raheem Anthony, who to me might be the best Division three player in the country. Um, he had a heck of a night against us and hit a heck of a yeah. shot to beat the buzzer. Um Credit to yep. Coach Joe Fano, who's an ex-North Barker coach on staff here, is doing a great job, and they're competing in a really good league up in Minnesota as well. So, yeah, that was a, a I would say, 
maybe the valley of our season so far um, where we just kind of were trying to refocus and, and kind of figure out, right. Team forming is one of my favorite parts about coaching. Um, and, you know, when you win a lot at a high clip, like we did at the beginning of the year, right. Sometimes things get thrown on the rug that you don't notice about your team or about yourself. Right. And so um, during that time, I think we grew so much uh, as a team to really realize Right, we're good, but we're not good enough to just roll the ball out and and not have a sense of urgency. I mean, I think that's our biggest, our group's biggest strength is that, for the most part, on most days and most nights, they really, really play hard and play with a sense of urgency. Um, that you know, our, our team model this year is nothing to lose and everything to prove. Right, you've said it, Dave. North Park came out of nowhere, right? Um, and we know our program's history, and it's a rich history, as you can see behind me, a, a long time ago, all right? Um, but recent history, so-so. And so we knew going into the year that we want to we wanna play with a sense of urgency. We want to prove to people that North Park basketball is something to be reckoned with, um, and our guys have really bought into that. So when our guys just refuse to allow adversity and losses to define us, um, and again, that's credit to their mindset and the work that they've put in um, to continue to do that. Um, I don't have the history in front of me because, you know, God forbid things work properly uh, when I need <laughs> them to. Um, there we go. Ah, it popped up. I, I complained about it. The internet listened to me and went, here's your webpage. Um, you yeah, we hung our heads on this a little bit in the last few few weeks, especially in our conversation with Wheaton, but 3-11 – or 10 and 14 last season, 3 and 11 in the COVID season, 4 and 21 back to back seasons prior to that, 5 and 20. We have to go back to 16, 17 when they were 18 and 11, but really that's about the one highlight uh, of any team that's, a, you know, other than barely being above 500. It, it's been hard, it seems, for North Park to, I, to, to have an identity and keep momentum. Um, you talk about, obviously, their heyday was a heck of a heyday. It's amazing the impact you've had. Again, you, you your first head coaching job, as you said, you came from Wisconsin Lutheran. Uh, you're an NAIA guy, so in you know, many ways, Division Three is a little bit different. No scholarships, for example, even though I do know NAIA sometimes have no scholarships. I'm not painting with that broad a brush. Just from your perspective, taking over this program, knowing the history, knowing the immediate history, was this even remotely on the radar in terms of we can turn this program around and have this big in an impact on not only the program, but the CCIW national conversation, whatever right now here, let's do it. We can do it. Or was this something that you certainly hope to have these kinds of seasons, but really 500 would be great. Yeah. I think uh, to be brutally honest, uh, when I took the job, I was yeah hoping to be 500 in year one. Right. Um, as we got deeper and deeper into recruiting and more and more of these guys were saying, yes, they want to be part of North Park basketball. I, I had a sneaky feeling that we could surprise some people um, just because I knew the type of guys we were bringing in um, and the relationships that we had built with them in, in a few short months, you know, to bring all those guys in and, and to see what they were doing. So, uh, yeah, I would be lying if I thought we would be where we are now. And perspective says, you know, it's been it's been a fun ride, um, but now we're greedy <laughs> uh, because because we're here and, and we're right on, you know, right. And our guys set goals at the beginning of the year that people would think were crazy when you heard them. Right. We yeah. went on a team retreat, 
at the beginning of the year and set goals as a team and talked about it, personal goals, academic goals, sure. right? Men's goals, how are we going to be, but team goals. And if you were a fly in that room, you would have probably been looking around like these dudes are insane to for some of these goals, but they're, they're really close to reaching some of them. Um, and so again, credit to, to the guys and our staff that have, have bought in. Right. Um, and we talk about it all the time beginning of the year, nobody thought we'd be here. Um, that's more motivation to continue to to prove people wrong, right? But also motivation to prove us right, right? The, yeah. the 23 guys in our, in our locker room and, and our staff that believe in each other, believe in what we're doing. Um, that's really what keeps us going. Um, I'll talk about the team in a moment. I Just quick question about the coaching. Again, your first coaching, head coaching job, and yeah. you get thrown into the CCIW. Um, even if it was a team, let's be honest, was at the bottom of the CCIW, you're still in the CCIW. You're taking on programs that have recently been to Final Fours, been in the national conversation, championship opportunities. If it's Augustana, it's North Central. If it's not North Central, it's you know Illinois Wesleyan. If it's not Illinois Wesleyan, it's Carthage. If it's not Car- – I mean, it's Wheaton. It's somebody. You had to feel a little bit like you were, you were absolutely walking into some deep water – I'm impressed with how you reacted and how you've improved and how you've gotten to where you've gotten. But I am curious that initial reaction when you got the offer, did you, did you think to yourself, wait a minute, what am I doing here? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I knew I felt like a small fish in a big pond. Definitely. Right? Like, <laughs> I remember our first like conference coaches meeting um, and just being on the call with Ron Rose and Mike Shower and John Baines. And I'm like, what am I doing here? This, you know, what? <laughs> um, and so, yeah, it's it's a great league. It's really, really good. Every night from one through nine, it, anybody can beat anybody. We've, we've beat people. People have beaten us, right? Uh, it's just incredible. And the coaches are super prepared. I think they're some of the best coaches on any level across the country. Um, they just – Every team is prepared. Every night is a battle. There's no such thing as an easy game in the CCIW, home or away. Um, so, yeah, I'm a, I was excited for that challenge because I knew how good the league was. But I would be uh, lying if I didn't say a little nervous, too, to see if we if we could hang. Uh, talk about the squad. Uh, Colton uh, Van Lanningham, uh, 16 and a half points a game, 13 points a game for Marquise Jackson, tw- uh, nearly 13 points for Jalen Boyd. Shamar Pumphrey's got 12.3 points. It's it's at four. Nothing against Jordan Boyd, uh, who's got 8.7 uh, points per contest. Those are it's those four, and then and then him. It's that five group that starts pretty much every game. There's others I know on this team who are contributing, but stats wise, those are the ones who jump out. They all rebound between three and a half and five and a half rebounds per game. Uh, uh, Pumphrey is dishing out more assists than I can even fathom at this point, 106 in 22 games. But all of them hand out of assists at a, at a clip of at least three per contest. Uh, you also get steals from every single one of those guys. That's got to be a heck of a, of a FISM, give a, a sense of who was here and who was new. Yeah, so four or three out of those five guys are, are transfers. Uh, that we brought in, and then Jalen and Jordan, who are our two captains, um, and have been at North Park. And I'm so happy for those guys um, as as seniors uh, to be a part of something like this. Right, uh, this is something. This is a season you'll never forget. Right, yeah. and for it to be your senior year, um, and, and specifically for those guys and Adam Boa, Carl Polk, Jacob Williams, guys that have been here, um, you know, through some of maybe the leaner times. Uh, 
to to continue to to believe and to put in the work. Jalen has improved tremendously. Um, if you just look at his three point percentage from last year to this year, it's insane. We talked about it in April when I got here um, and just said this is something you have to prove on, and he and he did it. He took it and he, he worked his butt off all summer, you know, and he's. He's doing individual workouts every day with us and the coaching staff, and, and it shows. Jordan, you know, when he, he – he's been up and down this year, and he would tell you that. Uh, but last night, he he won us the game, right? And he's done that a couple times with his toughness and his ability to score on the low block. And he's a guy that when he's going, you can throw it in and, you know, calm the rest of us down, right? Um, Shamar has turned into one of our best leaders. Um, Shamar came from Aurora, who was also going through some lean years while he was there. Um, and I've been so impressed with how much Shamar has grown as a man, um, how much he has taken responsibility and a voice in our program. And he is a, he's a special talent. He's really, really fast. Um, he's really hard to keep out of the paint. And he's not selfish, right? He, he really dishes the ball, as you can see at a high clip, stats say it, um, and, and is a great Great, great defender. Same with Marquise Jackson, you know, who's coming from a higher level. He's a Division II transfer to us, played and won GLVC Conference uh, Defensive Player of the Year in a really, really good Division II league. And he hasn't come down here and said, oh, I'm I'm the alpha, right? Um, he's bought into our program. He, you know, he, he's a nightmare for teams on defense. He just dogs the ball the whole way down 94 feet. Um, and has really become a great part of our program. And then Colvin um, has had a heck of a year, you know, freshman year at Earlham, almost average 18 a game, right? And now is doing pretty much the same thing in the CCIW as a sophomore. Um, really, really potent offensive threat. But the thing I love most about Colvin is he cares just as much about offense as he does defense, right? And that's not always true for guys that can really pump it like he does, and he he really, really scores it. Multiple 30-point games this year, Um Colvin is one of the best two-way players in our league, um, and he and he's not even scratched the surface of how good he can be as only being a sophomore. So uh, those five guys have been our rock for sure. But we can't go, you know, we can't run the system we run without uh, a bench that contributes. And we've had five to six guys every night make big plays. Devontae Robinson last night, our Division One transfer from Stenson, three for three from from the three point line, shooting like forty five percent from three this year. Lance Nelson, a freshman from Madison, is doing a great job and just playing his role. Carl Polk and Adam Bowa, who are also returning guys and our backup four or five guys that just play so hard every night. Uh, Preston Backs, a freshman or a transfer from Houghton. These guys have really bought in. It's really cool to see how close they've gotten in the little the. The limited amount of time they spend together, I think when you watch us, you wouldn't think that we've only been together for a year. No, I think that's that is what I think is most interesting about it for sure. I, I gotta let you go, but I do want to ask about the conference race the rest of the way. You got three games left. Wheaton has two. You have a game behind game and a half behind them. You've split with them. So obviously yeah. tying them would throw in all the other possibilities in terms of tiebreakers. Is there a chance you guys can pull this off? Maybe get maybe get this tournament to come through North Park, which I mean, you're already into the tournament and you're probably already guaranteed at least a home game. But how cool would it be to to make sure things are are going to come through, uh, you know, a little place off a of, uh, for uh, Foster Avenue? Yeah, it would be awesome. It's one of those goals that I think uh, we talked about at our team retreat that people would look at us and think we were crazy, right? And we're right there. We'd like to think we can do it, right? Um, 
unfortunately, because of something we did and, and slipped up a little bit last week. Um, we don't control our own destiny, and Wheaton's really good um, and really, really good. So uh, they don't usually beat themselves. So we, we got to take care of business on our end. We have to basically win out and hope they lose one. But at the end of the day, uh, you know, if, as long as we keep winning and keep being who we are, all that is just – it doesn't really matter at the end of the day, right? Because we still have our, our other goals to reach. But we're going to keep fighting, uh, Dave. We, we hope it's a possibility, and we're going to try our best to make it reality. Uh, listen, I know Mike Shar real well. If you want to call him and say, hey, listen, do you mind stubbing your toe once? It just, just to make it interesting for all of us. Do you, I can make that call if you'd like me to. Please do. I don't think Michael agreed to that, though, knowing him. No. <laughs> no, if he's listening right now, he's throwing things at his phone yeah. and maybe deciding no. never to talk to me ever again. <laughs> hey, Sean, thanks so much for coming on the air. I really appreciate it. Great insight on, on the Vikings. Great to talk about North Park. Uh, congratulations on a, on a tremendous mm-hmm. first season. I cannot be understated just the impact you guys have had so quickly. Uh, in this conference, and we certainly hope you'll be able to continue to make that impact down the road. We have a tradition on the show. We always let the guests have the uh, the final thought, the final word. Any final thoughts you'd like to share with those who may be tuned in? Yeah, first, I want to thank you, Dave, for all you do for for Division Three Hoops, and, and Hoopsville is awesome. I'm a big fan of the show and excited to be on it today. I want to thank my family for just the support they've given. Uh, college basketball is a grind, um, and I got three little kids at home and a wife that are awesome supporters or in every game. Um, thank you to our guys for buying in. Thank you to our staff, who's tremendous, the best staff in the country. Uh, they they work their butts off for us and um, continue to to be great and elite at what they do. So I'm um, just very thankful for everybody that uh, surrounds us. Thank you to the North Park community and the support that they show. We have fans traveling to games, and it, it's been fun um, to see the excitement around campus. Um, but also, you know, we have fans coming with us on the road, too. So that's been fun. So just a lot of thanks um, and a lot to be thankful for. Well, thank you, Sean. Uh, certainly a theme of thanks on this show today, and and it, it's so appropriate. Uh, have fun. Enjoy it. And uh, we'll look forward to catching up with you down the road. Thanks, Dave. Appreciate it. Sean Smith joining us on the Huddle Hoopsville Hotline. Appreciate his time. When We went a little over. We're actually late getting to our next guest. We'll get to them shortly. Uh, we'll be talking to uh, uh, Utica men's basketball up in New York's uh, upstate New York. But great to talk about North Park. It's fun to, get, to learn more about them. Seriously, it's not every day a coach in his first head coaching job comes into a tough conference like the CCIW and makes a huge impact like they are making. I, I can't say how much. We cannot overstate that. And if you wonder why top 25 voters are a little bit hesitant, consider that. When's the last time you saw that happen? It, 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 it makes you pause and wonder what's going on, try and understand more. I think the loss to Milliken hurt. He mentioned it certainly hurt in conference play. I think it hurt a little bit in other ways. But in the meantime, bonkers awesome. Take a break. When we come back, uh, talk to Utica men's basketball. You're listening to Hoops, presented by D3Hoops.com. Back with more after this. your teams, your players, your community of fans. This is where they play, where they practice, where you cheer at every meet, every event, every game. 
Your community is passionate, dedicated, supportive. You know the tension of a close game and the thrill of the win. So while you're cheering, keep an eye out for anything out of the ordinary. If you see something suspicious, say something to local authorities. It starts right when you hit the court. You imagine your finest moment. The game-winning shot that gets you to the dance. A monster dunk or no-look pass. And cutting down the net. Sports listeners dream of our own success. And prepare us for our finest moments on and off the court. got more schools than Division One, more fans than Division Two, and more upsets than March Madness. There's 800 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over a decade. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division Three basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com. It's on us to stop sexual assault. In any way that we can. To get a friend home safe. To never blame the victim. It's on us. To stand up. To make our community safe for all. It's on us. It's on us to look out for each other at parties. It's on us. To be more than just a bystander. To step up and say something. It's on us. All of us. To, to stop, stop sexual assault. assault. Learn how and take the pledge at itsonus.org. It doesn't like us. Somehow we got to figure out the new works of Wirecast that we have updated. If you've got questions for us, tweet us at D3Hoopsville on this show. We will do one more segment after this, um, which means we'll go a little bit later, but we were kind of expecting to do that nonetheless. Um, but hopefully you'll join us and, and chat, and we certainly look forward to doing that. You can email us. You can tweet us. You can whatever. You know how to get it. It's all scrolling at the bottom of your screen, but I'll repeat it. Hoopsville.d3sports.com is your email address. Hoopsville, uh, D3Hoopsville uh, is your Twitter account, hashtag Hoopsville. You can also uh, join us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Hoopsville. You can also email, um, sorry, uh, youtube.com slash Hoopsville is another way to get a hold of us. Uh, lots of ways to talk to us. We certainly uh, appreciate it however you choose, and we'll interact and have fun with you nonetheless. Um, we're having another Sean on the show. Apparently, we're all about commonalities this season. Go figure. Um, Sean Kofi has a really good program at Utica, my favorite, because they're the pioneers despite having a moose for a mascot. And I appreciate having the moose at Utica because I'll be honest, I've been to Utica much of my uh, young life and even into my adulthood. I don't think I've seen a moose around that area ever. I, I, I just, I never have, but I like the, I like the mascot anyway. It makes me think maybe they're at a Alaska, and we've just lost track of them completely. Joining us on the blue on the Huddle Hoopsville Hotline to talk all about that, including whatever I'm mumbling about, is Sean, the head coach of the Utica men's basketball team, who coach. You guys are having a tremendous season. Nazareth was really hoping to have a good year, and you've said, no, 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 no. You sit over there. Uh, we'll, we'll beat you twice and control this conference. you got to be thrilled with how this is all working out. Yeah, you know, we've got some older players and, uh, you know, and they do too. So, you know, we've seen each other so many times over the years and a lot of fifth year. We even have a sixth year player this year. So, 
Um, just a lot of old men out there, you know, playing <laughs> against each other a lot, and uh, they know each other pretty well. Um, but yeah, I know it's it's been a nice year so far, and you know, you know, good start and everything. We tripped up the other night, um, you know, on the road for our first loss in the conference. But um, you know, that's kind of been the message. Like we've started a lot of these seasons really well. We want we want to finish really well. So that's kind of been uh, in our heads here down the stretch. Yeah, no, I, you know, this time of year, we're certainly used to teams who, who take a bit of a, a stumble. We just got talking to North Park, uh, who stumbled against Milliken the other night. Uh, of course, you guys lost St. John Fisher, but St. John Fisher had chipped up Nazareth. So from my perspective, I'm not overly shocked by it, but I know it, it stings for you guys because, you know, outside of that, you you had to control the conference, uh, I think of even a three-game lead. Now it's down to a game and a half, so it must be two and a half. Um now there's a there's a tie between Nazareth Alfred, who's also having a tremendous season, and St. John Fisher right behind you. It makes the, the finish to this campaign with four left just a little bit more nerve-wracking, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. And then we have to go to Alfred tomorrow night, which is another really tough uh, place to go and win and you know long long uh, trip for us on a Friday night. Um, then turn around and play uh, Elmira at their place the next day. So um, we knew this was going to be the – probably the hardest week of the year, you know, three games on the road, uh, Tuesday, Friday, Saturday, but it is what it is. So, you know, got to go compete. And we have some older players that have, have done this before and um, have won in these places, but now it's time to step up and kind of, uh, you know, keep the uh, our own destiny in our hands, if you will. Looking at the only other two losses this season, Cortland, who at the time was really having a tremendous season. They beat you 85-78 at home. And then on the other side of Christmas break, Oswego got you. Um, 79-59, but Oswego, certainly in the back half of the season, has been getting everybody. When you look at it, they're not bad losses. Uh, I'm more impressed with the wins. Um, again, you beat St. John Fisher earlier in the season, and you beat Nazareth, a, a dandy of a game on the on the 10th of January, which went overtime at their place, 85-81, which I think definitely announced that you guys were for real. And then you got them back at home, 68-66. I, I know you're looking at it and going, man, you know, hate the fact that we lost to St. John Fisher the other night, but you got to be thrilled with just the season you're having because in many ways, despite a 23-4 and campaign last year, it feels like you guys came in a little bit under the radar. Yeah, and I don't know, you know, I try not to pay attention too much to that stuff. You know, why we're under the radar, I don't know. Uh, we had a lot of the same returning players and the same uh, all-league players. We have, you know, our fifth all-time leading scorer, is on our team still as a fifth-year player. So, um, yeah, we lost some some good players for sure from last year's 23-win team uh, that just came up short, you know, in the final by a point after one of those guys blew his ACL out in the day before. So we've had some rough uh, goes of it with, with some of our luck down the stretch of uh, seasons. But, um, yeah, I, you know, I think anyone in our region understood that we were probably going to be pretty competitive with what we were returning this year still. So, um, one of those things, you just got to go play the games. And, you know, we tried to beef up our non-conference with Cortland and with Oswego. And, uh, unfortunately, our, um, you know, one of, that one player I was mentioning uh, rolled his ankle in the fourth minute of the Cortland game and, mm. and uh, didn't play in the Oswego game. So, again, not making excuses. Everyone's going through those things all throughout the year. But, uh, you know, it impacts the game, how we're game planning and stuff. So, um, but, yeah, no, we're, we're happy. Thus far, you know, still the sting of the other night is kind of hanging. Um, but, uh, you know, we're you know excited to just get back out and play tomorrow night and, and see where we're at. 
I mean, at least the injuries then and not now, and you're having to adjust to it so late in the season. You got through it with a couple of tough losses, and while the injury won't factor in, you you make this region a little bit deeper because instead of it just being Nazareth and Oswego and at one point Rochester, which seemed to fall off, now it's also you guys and maybe some others as well. This region's been looking for some depth, and it looks like we we have it. And obviously in the first regional rankings, we're, we're not getting a ton of information there. We'll find out more later, but – how important now is it to finish strong? You've got these four games left. As you mentioned, Alfred's the big beast coming out, plus the conference tournament after that. How important is it here to to learn the lesson from St. John Fisher and go, we, we need to finish strong the whole rest of the way here? I mean, I think it's everything right now, you know. Um, you know, we have to bounce back. We haven't lost in a while. I think we had uh, won 11 in a row up until the other night. So, but again, we have older, more mature guys. They've been the ups and downs of these things. They've won a ton of games. You know, I think we've won, I think we're 51 of our last 60 games with these kids, um, but yet to play an NCAA game um, because of a pandemic and uh, and then kind of, you know, being the odd man out last year. And again, with that, um, that finals lost by a point. So everything just kind of just short for these guys and, so again, it's all in their hands right now. We got to bounce back um, and then just you know take care of business. And but you know they put themselves in the position to do so with what they've done thus far. So um, yeah, this is this is February basketball now in Division Three. You know it, everything happens very quickly. Um, you know you can be feeling pretty good uh, to it being over. You know really fast, um, or some really special things can happen uh, towards the end of the month into March. So. Um, but I want this for them, you know, to get those experiences of, um, you know, winning some championships, you know, which they have. But again, they've, there's been something that's always kind of been in the way of, uh, you know, following through to an NCAA tournament. So that's that's on our mind. But we know it's really a game by game thing, you know, throwing some coach speak out there. But, um, you know, but it, it's, it's true. We got to get to the next one and, and bounce back a little bit and doing it in a really hostile place. And then take care of the ones that we should, you know, down the stretch here. Got four guys in double figures with Justin Brantley leading the way at 17 points a game, and he's nearly at double double at 8.3 rebounds, a contest as well. Thomas um, Morial, uh, Darius Hopkins, and Dayon Thompson also in double figures, 14 and a half, 12 and a half, 11 plus, respectively. And and that's nothing against the rest of the guys. There's others who are certainly finding ways to contribute, and certainly whether it's rebounding or scoring their fair share of points or distributing the ball, those four jump out on the stat sheet. Give me a sense of them and, and how the rest of the team is clicking around them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Justice was uh, a guy that came in. Um, you know, He's a true senior. But he's been because of COVID and some other things, um, an injury that he suffered uh, going into last season. Um, he's kind of had to wait his turn a bit, and then he's really changed his body in the off season. Uh, he's already already very good player beforehand, but you know had some very good players in front of him. He's a big, strong kid, and and these are great experiences for him now that he's has a chance to really go and uh, you know showcase his abilities um, with some more opportunity and. And then Darius, um, you know, he's been around forever. I know the, the league is scared to death of him, you know, as far as his scoring ability. And, um, you know, he's the one who's, who's, you know, he's about 1,400 points into his career now. And and then Tommy, um, yeah, he's been a first-team player multiple times. He was a rookie of the year a few years ago, another true senior. 
and you know he's just super consistent he just he's tommy um 40 student just does everything right and then and then you mentioned dayon he was a tremendous freshman he'll be in the running for rookie of the year and he's doing all that off the bench for us um kind yeah. of in a, a point guard role and just kind of a spark at scoring and he's just ultra talented um with a really really bright future ahead of him um and this is amongst these other guys that we asked to do a whole lot of other things from avery to griffin uh what those guys do as far as assisting and you know defensively what they asked we asked them to do as far as in different areas of the floor against bigs or just heating the ball up with griffin uh tremendous athlete so um to go along with some other guys some other depth uh players that can you know come in and you know, have a day for us when we're, maybe we're not playing so great with those first four or five guys. You'll play seven players pretty much in every game. Uh, you'll play ten in about two-thirds of your games. So there's times you're a little bit shorter on that bench. There's times you're a little bit deeper. Is this a time of year where you've got to focus about being a little bit deeper to make sure guys are well-rested and not beat up too much as you head into conference tournament action and, and hopefully position yourself for March? Absolutely. Um, you know, I think our top eight is just really, really talented. Um, you can even go as far as nine and ten, like you mentioned. Um, and a lot of it's matchups, you know, whether we're going to play like Alfred's a much bigger team than most in our league. So um, but we have the the depth and the versatility off the bench to guard that. And then it's the same thing with the smaller you know, dribble drive type of teams where they're, you know, they're playing smaller uh, one through four, maybe without really a traditional big all the time. So, and then we match up pretty well with that, you know, in different ways. So that's more of our job um, just to try to game plan around what we have. And, and, you know, we've done a pretty good job, I think, in recruiting so that we can be pretty versatile as far as um, how we can match up with people and, and really how people are going to struggle to match up with us, just the versatility, not only with lineups, but just how they are individually as players and their skill sets and uh, the areas of the floor that they're, they're effective um, and what they can guard themselves, you know, individually. So, and that's, yeah, I think that's division three for a long time said that, you know, the Warriors made it popular with small ball and all that stuff, but that's been division three forever. So, um, you know, so just yeah, so absolutely, we'll go a little deeper uh, now, especially in a three-game week, and uh, we got to get some guys, you know, uh, you know, some rest as we kind of get down the stretch here. And and but a lot of times it's the matchups or the schedule dictates, you know, as far as how deep we're going to go. Um, obviously, you want to be successful. You you certainly want to drive. Uh, the ship as well as you can into postseason and position yourself for the future. But I'm kind of curious, do we know what the future is? You know, we've, we've been talking for almost a year now that Utica is supposedly considering moving on to Division Two with taking ice hockey on to Division One as one would. But, you know, we haven't heard it yet. And you're not the only one. There's others. Do you guys even understand the landscape that's in front of you? That that a D two move is this year, or a D two moves next year, or a D two moves not coming at all now? Mm-hmm. What's the situation like, and how is that impacting how you guys move forward with the program? Yeah, you know, there's not too much I can comment on that to be honest right now because I honestly don't know a whole lot. Um, it's certainly out there, like you've mentioned. Um, it's uh, all I can really say is it's definitely not happening next year, um, if if at all. So, 
you know, we're just going to kind of roll with it. I think we're really kind of in the depth of, you know, the middle of this academic year. And it's, you know, sure there's people that are having conversations at, you know, much higher pay grade than me. So we'll, we'll figure that out as we go. But yeah, there certainly is a conversation that we have um, with, you know, when we're recruiting and stuff. It's not something we're hiding from necessarily. And uh, to some, you know, potential recruits, it's an exciting thing um, to maybe play at a higher level. And, and, but, you know, I love Division Three. That's kind of what I signed up for when I came to Utica. Um, that's what I was as a player myself. Um, so I kind of have a little chip on my shoulder towards those other levels because, you know, that's this is where I played as far as the level, and this is where I, you know, want to coach too. So, and this is, uh, so we put ourselves really fully into, and my family into Division Three basketball. So we'll see where it goes from here. But uh, either way, you know, I think we have a really good thing going here. Uh, but I know a lot of people are anxious out there to know what we're doing and and so are we so we'll we'll see what happens. Yeah, that's interesting. So you so we know for sure that there's no application in that you're departing that you're going to be in the E8, you're going to be in D3 for next year. You're able to set that schedule. That's great to hear because we haven't heard that. There has been this unknown was it going to be this year or next year. So that's at least something you can build on. Mhm. Yeah, and that's <laughs> honestly it's uh it's about as far as I can even yeah, no. Because I don't even know. <laughs> you know so No, I get uh, Well, and God yeah. forbid they have put in the application and tomorrow you're going to find out. Um, maybe right. maybe you are going somewhere. But it's interesting here that you, that the goal is or the plan is that you will play in D3 next year, which I love. Personally, from my affiliation of the upstate New York area, I'd like to see Utica stay in Division Three. I'm also biased because I don't want anybody to leave Division Three, So uh, I, I play that card as well pretty hard. Yeah. Um, Coach, I, I've given you, uh, taken a lot of your time. I appreciate it, um, and, and great insight on your program. Obviously, very successful season. Admittedly, in hindsight, I'm not sure why off the radar, as you said, a lot returned from last year's really successful team. Um, I guess my only other question before we let you go and the final word is, how are you building off of what last year was? Again, 23-4, and four, you're 15-1 and one in conference play, um, but you didn't make the tournament. You lost to Nazareth in the conference tournament, and there was some debate on whether you should be, admittedly, whether you should be in the tournament. Have you guys? Are you guys still using that as a little bit of motivation to finish this campaign? No doubt, <laughs> no doubt at <laughs> nice. all. So, um, I know I think about it every day. So, you know, we're all pretty competitive people. Again, we've uh, won fifty plus games in the last three years, and we did get the chance to play during COVID. Uh, we won our conference championship during that first ever in our program's history, and then we tie, uh, you know, set you know program record and wins last year, and and you know fluke play where we lose a really good player a day before the final and lose by a point. So it's just and um, you know, and then we get the strength schedule stuff thrown at us and all that, which you know a lot of that's not in our control. So that's why we tried to place even more better teams in our non-conference this past year and our you know the season we're in. Uh, currently so it's certainly on our minds it's certainly a, a goal that we want to achieve is to be in that tournament and um yeah it certainly was driving us but you know i think we got ahead of ourselves a little bit last year at times where you know we were having this great conference season you know 15 and one and won our last 13 down the stretch to go into that um you know that semi and final and where you know we were so focused on NCAA tournament you know we want to dance all that where we needed to still finish you know where we you know our what was in front of us so 
so yes, we do have eyes ahead as far as that, but you know, we still need to do what's in front of us these last four regular season games tomorrow in particular. And then, uh, and then we, you know, go roll the dice in the tournament. Hopefully we're hosting it. Well, that would be amazing. I know it'd be important to get everybody to come through Utica, uh, if at all possible. Congratulations. Appreciate the time. Uh, great insight on the pioneers. Um, we wish you luck down the road, certainly in conference play and in the conference tournament. And hopefully we're talking about you on February 27th when the brackets are announced. In the meantime, we always give the coach the final word. Any final thoughts you'd like to share with those who may be tuned in? Yeah, those that are pretty close to our program. You know, we we lost a member, Christopher Bamba, um, a few years ago. He was a freshman. It was right at the beginning of COVID. Um, you know, as everyone remembers that school year, uh, just campuses being let, you know, everyone had to go home. So it was kind of like got torn away from each other after that season. And, you know, kid, you know, very humble background uh, Chris came from and, you know, six, seven left-handed, very raw, but yeah. extremely athletic, you know, 4-0 student in his first year. And he, uh, he passed in a tragic uh, drowning accident, but he would be a senior this year. So um, we think about him every day, uh, talk about him often still, and, you know, we'll be honoring him on senior day with his family coming up here to Utica. From, he's from the Kingston area, um, New York City originally. So um, it's just a story that we, you know, and, and a person that we want to just keep alive with our with speaking and, and stories and, uh, you know, just keep repeating his name. So you see that number five around our program, um, that's that's him. So and he'd be a senior and just a great kid and, um, you know, gone way too soon. And but he's touched our campus and our program forever. So, um, so we really miss Chris. Uh, well said. Um, not that we forgot, but we, we realized that sometimes programs move on. It's nice that you'll still be honoring him on what would have been his senior day. So uh, tip of the hat to you guys. Well done. I know it'll be emotional, but I'm sure it'll be a, a, rou- a rousing game as well. Uh, thanks for the time. Take care of yourself. Appreciate that uh, final thought. And we'll look forward to talking to you down the road. All right. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Sean Coffey joining us here from Utica. The Pioneers, um, I wouldn't say in control of the conference, uh, but they're certainly in a good position, right? 13-1 in conference play. The, the, their next group, Nazareth, Alfred, St. John Fisher, all 12-3. and three. By the way, steep drop-off to Hartwick at 6-8 and eight after that. So it is that four group. Um, so two-game lead. They've got four to play. I think everybody has four to play. So still a lot at stake. Utica in the driver's seat. As of now, would love to see things uh, go through the Clark Athletic Center uh, in that conference just because it's so much fun. We'll take a break, wrap up the show, tidy some things up, answer any questions you may have, give you a sense of what we got coming up, excluding our exclusive show next Thursday. You listen to Hoops Hope presented by D3Hoops.com for the WBCA and ABC Studios. More after this. Great moments are born from great opportunity. That's what you have here tonight. That's what you've earned here tonight. This is your time. Now go out there and take it.
It's on us to stop sexual assault. In any way that we can. To get a friend home safe. To never blame the victim. It's on us. To stand up. To make our community safe for all. It's on us. It's on us to look out for each other at parties. It's on us. To be more than just a bystander. To step up and say something. It's on us, all of us. To, to stop, stop sexual assault. Learn how and take the pledge at itsonus.org. There are over 480,000 college athletes. Only 2% would go pro. That means over 470,000 will not get a shoe contract. No autographs. No private jets. No fan clubs. No Hall of Fame inductions. Instead, they will walk away with something much more valuable. We've got more schools than Division One, more fans than Division Two, and more upsets than March Madness. There's 800 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over a decade. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division Three basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com. Welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody. As we wrap things up, just putting a tweet out there. Um, look ahead, answer questions, look ahead, talk about fundraising, uh, and buying merchandise. Um, lots to talk about here on the show. We appreciate everybody who has taken the time to join us today on this matinee. Uh, just a reminder, so Monday's show, which is coming up, we will be at our normal time, 7 o'clock Eastern time. Next Thursday, which is um, the 16th, we'll also be on at 7. That's our exclusive Top 16's announcement with the two committees. We'll talk about who are the, who would, if the tournament were to start that day, who would be seated in those Top 16 spots, essentially. Ideas, ideally, who would be hosting. And we'll get an insight on which men's programs in those slots are likely to hit the road. Christopher Newport may be in that conversation. Well, probably will be in that conversation. There are others, though. I know we've talked about Wisconsin Oshkosh. I think at one time we talked about Rochester. I don't know if that's still the case um, and some others. So that's going to be the first insight. And I will say this. If you are a program who ends up seeing your name in those top 16s and you have not put in paperwork to host the tournament and want to, then you've got 24 hours or less than to get it done because the deadline is the 17th and the committees are not chasing schools. So we'll announce the top 16s between 7 and 9 o'clock on that night and the deadline is probably end of business day the next day to get paperwork done. And we've known programs, A, who have been in those top 16s who have not hosted because they haven't gotten paperwork in, B, have not hosted because they only put in paperwork for one of the two weekends. C, have not been good hosts and have been bypassed. I think that might happen possibly this season. So that top 16 is going to tell a lot. And if you are in a position to host and you want to or you don't know anything about it, I suggest you start figuring it out. 
I do know of some schools that have been in the conversation that I think will be in that conversation or will be in the conversation to host who apparently haven't put in paperwork. Now, I don't know the reasons why I haven't jumped down that road, but we'll learn more. That is coming up on the 16th. Then the 20th, the following Monday, our schedules will be on o'clock, uh, on the show again at 7 o'clock. Just FYI, I'm taking a red eye back from Arizona the night before. I'm arriving um, about what, eight hours or so before that show back home, or roughly, depending on on luggage, and returning from the airport. So it'll be a little sluggish, but we're putting a show together for that. And then the following Thursday will be on the air at 7 o'clock. That's our final Thursday of the regular season, which will lead us into our Selection Sunday show the following Sunday, the 26th. We'll probably go on the air about 6 o'clock. That's usually when we've gone, but we'll we'll tweak with that and, and confirm it later. We'll mock select both women and then men to look at who we think is in the tournament based on the criteria as we understand it and the rankings as we glean them, etc. Then the brackets are announced on Monday, and we've confirmed that I'll be co-hosting that once again. Looking forward to that. Followed by then... A bracket special Monday night, the 27th at 7 o'clock. Did you get all that? We'll put a graphic together and tweet that out. But 7 o'clock coming up on Monday, 7 o'clock next Thursday with the exclusive top 16s, 7 o'clock the following uh, Monday and the following Thursday, Sunday the 26th, probably around 6 p.m. for our mock selections, followed by a bracket special on the 27th, and then we're all focused on March Madness from there. Um reminder about fundraising. Uh, we are doing our fundraiser uh, via GiveButter and via, um, excuse me, via um, Venmo. There's your GiveButter campaign. No, no increase in the last couple of days, but we're at $1,100 there. Our Venmo is another $640 on top of that. We have information we have tweeted. We have information we've shared elsewhere to get that um, give butter there you got that QR code if you got a screen right there we got it on your screen in two different spots you can just click the, uh, take a picture of that and that will send you to the website to make a donation uh, we do lose a little bit of the money through give butter because there's a processing fee that's why we have the Venmo set up that Venmo information we'll try and maybe in the future have on our screen as well um, that is look up Dave McHugh uh, all no no everything together one word you can donate through that as well Uh, which we certainly appreciate. Uh, We will push that more. We also have our merchandise, which we have tweeted out many a time. Um, The merchandise sales go towards Benefit Us. That only runs through the 17th so that you can get your shirts by the middle of the the, uh, NCAA tournament. Um, And so we've got all that to do. Um, That will help you. They've got a lot of great ideas. We will try and continue pushing those, especially as we go in. Uh, to the final week next week, and not the final week, but the, the week next week, certainly. The fundraiser, we're hoping to raise all our funds by uh, the time we're done doing the bracket special on that, the 27th, um, so that we don't have to focus about it in March. So there you go. We're also having conversations with some advertisers and sponsors. If you would like to advertise or sponsor on this show, especially with those big shows coming up, contact us. You can email us, hoops at d3sports.com, or my personal account. We'll certainly talk about advertising and sponsor on shows that are, that are reach out to thousands of people live and on demand 
um, we can talk about that and, and put you in into the system and we'd love to have, welcome you on board. So if you are advertising or you're a sponsor or you want to invest or partner with us in some capacity, uh, lots of ways you can do that and we would hope you could jump on board with that. So there you go. That's that. Um, big games coming up this weekend. Obviously a lot to talk about. By the way, we had another crazy finish in Division Three um, that we got shared between Olivet and and Kalamazoo. I'm just taking a quick look at it myself because I didn't get a chance to see it. There it is. We'll call it up on the big screen here. Actually, let me move it uh, to a screen I already have preset um, to make it a little bit easier for everybody. Um, score up. Oh, yeah, I'm going to have to make one adjustment here. Hold on a second. Um, I need to make it uh, that we aren't cropping it like we were doing with some of our other camera shots. Um there we go. So the score is on your screen. This is going to be Olivet and Kalamazoo. Um, looks like uh, Kalamazoo is down two to Olivet on the free throw line with 2.6 seconds left. Um, the audio is muted because I haven't been able to listen to it. So here you go, and we'll hit play. Uh, oh, no, wait, hold on. We'll back it up. It was 5.5 seconds left. Shooter on the line purposely misses it. Hard off the glass. Good rebound. Kick over to the corner. Three-pointer on the way. Buried it with 1.4 seconds left. That is how Kalamazoo got the victory. Um, pretty darn impressive there, thanks to uh, Olivet's um, SID for sharing that with us. That was a, another one of those bonker finishes like we had across the board in Division Three of late. Uh, of course, the NJCU and the Maryville finish and all of those things. So really impressive. Um want to thank, before we go any further, I'll, I'll quickly thank our guests today, uh, Kendra Whitehead from uh, Hardin-Simmons, Bob Amsbury from Wartburg, uh, Wartburg uh, Sean Smith from uh, North Park, Sean Kofi from Utica. Of course, thanks to their sports information directors as well, Chad Grubbs at Hardin-Simmons. Um, forgive me because uh, I used to be working with Kate, Katie Joe at uh, Wartburg, but the one who reached out to help us uh, this time around, sorry, I'm trying to find the email. Um, where is it? Well, I'll skip and come back to that. Chad, obviously, we mentioned uh, helping us at Mary Harden Baylor. I should have written these down ahead of time, and I, I do apologize. That is a, a mistake on my part that I need to do a better job with. Um, huh. I can't seem to find them. Apologize. Uh, da, 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 da. Oh, Adam, of course, Zabrowski at Utica. Big thanks to him. Uh, for his help. Um, I can't find who I'm looking for. Uh, I want to thank uh, Tyler Woolbright. Wo- 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 Sorry, Tyler. Woolbright at North Park. Uh, huge help with that. Really appreciate his time. Uh, and I apologize at Wartburg because the one... Oh, there he is, Ben Woods. Thanks to Ben Woods at uh, Wartburg for his help in getting uh, everything situated. Uh, we'll have more guests coming up. Um We'll have the top 25 on the men's side on Monday's show as well. Piecing those pieces together and uh, looking forward to talking to more coaches and uh, maybe in student-athletes when it's appropriate and some others. So lots of great content, uh, lots of great conversations. We really appreciate it. And uh, thank you for your support as well, whether you've donated to the show, whether you've supported us by sharing it. Please, if you're listening to the podcast, give us a review. Give us a, 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 a star liking, like five stars maybe. That's always good. Um, if you're watching us in the video and the video's your your jam, that's all good. You don't have to necessarily do a review, but 
make sure you share it with your friends or your friends because uh, if you want to talk Division Three basketball, you of course need to listen to Division Three D Three Hoops dot com. That includes to you, Rex Chapman. Uh, you should you should tune in uh, as often as you can. Uh, I think I think it would be a good thing for you, and we certainly appreciate. it. Actually, I think we may have gotten a donation through Venmo that I missed. Hang on, I'm double checking. No, I'm just mis misread it. Um, so thanks everybody. Appreciate. It. We're going to sign off. So a quick reminder: next Tuesday we get our next set of regional rankings for the first time on the men's side. That will be ranked on the women. It'll be Wednesday. Hopefully a little bit quicker turnaround than four o'clock. I am now suspicious. That, that was purposely done in Atlanta, and we'll certainly chase that down to figure that out. Um, I want to thank everybody behind the scenes for their assistance as well, and thank all our guests for coming on the show. Thanks for interacting with us. Reminder, if you have questions, even when we're off air, you can email us, hoopsville at d3sports.com. You can also uh, tweet us at d3hoopsville or hashtag hoopsville. You can also um, join us on Facebook, facebook.com slash hoopsville, uh, which actually kind of reminds me. I should have been checking our message board. We sometimes get messages through the uh, comments section, uh, and or not, I mean through the messenger ses- session, which we don't normally see. Um, and I don't actually see any questions today. So that's a relief. But i gotta, I got to do a better job of keeping track of that. Um, but otherwise, thank you, everybody, for tuning in. And we'll look forward to having you back on Monday's show. You're listening to Hoopsville. Hoopsville. Thanks to our partners at the Women's Basketball Coaches Association, the National Association of Basketball Coaches, and D3Hoops.com for their support. Also, a huge thank you to Huddle um, for their Huddle Blue Frame Technology for their help um, with production of this show and the sponsorship of our hotline. We'll take a break. Be back on Monday, 7 o'clock Eastern. There's going to be some bonkers good game starting tonight even, which is where I'll be at a game um, throughout the land. Make sure you log on to d3hoops.com. Check out the scoreboards. Get your links to videos and live stats, SIDs. If you don't have a link on there for some reason, get us the link or log in yourself and add the link so that we make sure we get people to your broadcasts and your live stats. Thanks, everybody. We'll look forward to talking to you down the road.